And now, introducing the man who may or may not have food poisoning after the ham sandwich he had at the City Open yesterday. The man who watches Olympic canoe sprinting how-tos on TikTok just so he can have an excuse not to watch the Orioles get obliterated by washed-up pitchers. And the man who is still living off the high of the men's national team Gold Cup win and is pledged to talk about it for the rest of time, just like Browns fans talking about when they won a championship in 1964, he is Glenn Clark. Other than that, you you're, nailed it. You're Other good. than you're that, good. What, you're, was it was it the best intro of, of all the ones I've done so far? It might might be. Good morning. Really? Okay. Good morning. Okay. You still need to you need to watch the cadence on when I know you're mm, not. Who knows yeah. when you'll be here again? Yeah. Like when the music hits. There's yeah, like gotta, a gotta, moment. Got to bring it down a little bit. Well, there's a moment where you're supposed to jump in and you jump in mm. like a little bit too early. Got it. Got but it. But it's okay. It's okay. I, I just have to. I just have to watch more GCR. Yeah, that's probably what you need to. That's what has to happen. Need to do. Good morning. Uh, it is Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. He is not Kyle Ottenheimer. Kyle was supposed to have jury duty this morning. Uh, apparently doesn't, but we had already uh, <laughs> we had already contracted. Yeah, we had, uh, yeah. We had a, a, a big dollar deal already in place with uh, it's all Zach, good. It's Zach all good. Goodman. Happy to be here. So we said sorry. Um, we when we have a chance to have Zach in, that's the way it goes. So um, Zach is here from the bat around. You know, listen to him every Saturday morning. Talking baseball with Paul Valley, and he is hanging out with us this morning. Young Jack is here as well. Uh, much to do on a Thursday edition of the program coming up in just a few minutes. In fact, oh, do me a favor, uh, send Sasho a text okay. right now just to remind him that we'll be calling him. Gotcha. Uh, I gotcha. was supposed to tell you that before the show, and I no, plumb no, no forgot. We're all good. But send him a text. Sasha Sarovsky, Maryland soccer coach, uh, legend, obviously a man who has won multiple national championships. And uh, he is being rewarded by the school by being inducted into the school's Athletics Hall of Fame. He's going to join us. We'll talk to him about that, preview their upcoming season. They're just a couple of weeks away from getting it underway. And uh, we will also talk to him about the uh, success that uh, his boys found, Eric Williamson, Donovan Pines, yeah. now Gold yeah. Cup champions. So we'll talk to Sasha about all that. A little bit later on in the morning, we're going to be bringing back in uh, three weeks. We will be bringing back the press box fantasy football show. Is I can officially announce that Ken Zalis, starting what's uh, the twenty sixth of August, will be joining us in studio every Thursday at eleven thirty a.m. for the press box fantasy football show. Until that point, thanks to the fine folks at CCBC and Glory Days Grill, we will do some previews with KZ. So the next three Thursdays. Until then. He'll be joining us, um, and you can get your questions in that are draft-related for KZ, and we will pose them to him. So we'll start that today around 11 a.m. If you've got questions, maybe you have some final keeper decisions that you need to make, things along those lines, hit us up at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, and we will pose them to KZ, some guys that you're interested in. There is a football game. "Quote unquote." That's going it's, to a, it's a real game. No, it's, it's a real it's game. Definitely not a real game. Let's yeah, make but that but very it's, it's real football. It's not just two. You know, it's two teams. Not in, real football either. But well, it, I mean, it technically it's, is. But no, it's not. I always it's, enjoy it's, the Hall of Fame game. Just you, saying. You're, you're, I love it. You have a problem, sir. It, I mean, um, look. It's the first game we've seen have a, since since have a, February. It's so all, I'm looking it's all to well it. and good. I I will not. I will not be joining any of you and watching. Look, the Olympics are more important. I think we can agree. Well, there's a lot of things that are more important. I you know this look. There was an age where I watched this crap and pretended like it was a thing <laughs> and then yeah. I don't remember it wasn't a lot of things in my life the way that I changed I can relate directly to kids this came along before kids this probably yes. had more to do with me like the years that I was on the beat and I had to suffer through all of these things um, and then and this is the 
I think it was the uh, the the uh, Portnoy from Barstool Sports who tweeted mm-hmm. about this the other day, and I he's not like my cup of tea. He's just not my guy. Like there are guys that work for them that I think are funny. I just don't think he's funny. Yeah. Um. But like he tweeted something the other day that was is completely truthful, which is the hilarity by which we have a billion people that are employed to go tweet about plays that occur during a training camp practice. It is. It is. A complete once upon a time, there was some relevance to it because, like, you did you just wanted to know what was going on, like, you wanted to know that stuff. The problem being, as a reporter, the real tricky part was going over watching this S every day, sitting out in the heat, and then realizing none of it mattered, none of it did. Thinking that, like, this was how they would choose the players that would make the roster, so like, you got to be there for training camp because you can't. No, that's not the way that it works. They don't pick the players who make the roster based on who had a good jumping, leaping catch uh, one day at training camp. That's yeah. not a thing. That's, that's not the guys that – and realizing how none of it mattered really struck me and made me realize, all right, I don't need to waste my time with any of this. Get, get well, to you're me not when wrong. the games matter. You're not wrong. I mean, I, I'm going to training camp tomorrow morning, so I'll be able to report back on the findings. God but bless you. Look, I mean, there's guys like you know, there's guys like Tim White every year. Tim White would always show out in training camp oh. and then do nothing in the regular season. He wouldn't even get playing for what, time for what it's worth. You know, so like, you know, we start we've started calling it the Tim White Award, I guess. Um, oh, we had plenty of guys before. There are sure, plenty of guys sure. predating tr- Tim White. Sure, would, I were, were these I think guys. Tim White just has the the popularity because he was probably there for what three or four straight training yeah, camps, right. and he, he always was the standout star. You picked a good day. Lamar, I, Lamar's back tomorrow. He right? is back yeah, tomorrow. So you picked a good yes. day to be... Uh, you they said possibly Saturdays. We'll see. But oh, well, Lamar might Lamar might be back on Friday. But Justin Houston should be out of the field as well tomorrow. Oh, okay. So you picked a, a decent little day to be out of training. Not Look, bad. I, if you're into it, God bless you. Again, I, there's lots of things that I'm not into. I say this all the time. I'm not into... Um, uh, my Olympics gymnastics. I've said before, it's, it, it's, uh, I'm not in really into, to make this very clear, because people, when they hear that, think something. I'm not into Olympic skateboarding either. I'm not into <laughs> judging sports. Yeah. I'm not into any sport where I somebody else judges it and decides who the winner is. That's not, I'm not into those things. Um, that doesn't mean that there aren't people that are into them. I will not be partaking in the Hall of Fame game nor any preseason <laughs> football uh, not Ravens it, preseason football? No, no, okay. no. There's okay. nothing to learn. The, 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 we believe that we're learning something, mm-hmm. and at some point you have to come to grasp with the fact you're not. You're not learning anything. The only thing you might learn something from is how are the guys lined up to start the game. Yeah, Like true. right now, if Ronnie Stanley were to not be available to start the season, what would the offensive line look like? And the best way that you can go about doing that is to see, but I can get that from finding out who was listed as a starter more than I can get it from watching a game. It's true. Um, so I am... I, I, I've thought I, – I don't know how desperate I would have to be to end up poking at a Ravens preseason game at some point. Sometimes my yeah. my wife, because she's not at that level, she's still of the level of, the, the team's playing, I'm into – she might say, well, I want to watch. Like, she might end up doing that, and then I'm sort of forced to have it on in the background. But it's been about five, six years at this point that I have said I won't watch any of it. No chance. You are Fair there's enough. a better way for me to spend my time. Unfortunately, it's also not with the Orioles. Once upon a time, that was easy, right? Like the Orioles were playing relevant. In sure. 2016, I had no problem skipping out on preseason football. I had a better alternative. This year, bit trickier. Last few years, bit trickier to find a better alternative, but I still believe there to be a better alternative uh, than watching preseason football. But if you're into that, you're into that, and they're going to play a game tonight. So 
Papa Bless, whatever we say about that. I, I have some, uh, ra- or not Ravens preseason trivia, but I have some preseason trivia oh, for you at Jesus the end here. Christ. So you might enjoy that. I didn't know you were so against some, preseason football. Some people, I wasn't aware of this. Some people have a true sickness and bet on preseason football. Well, then you're just out of your mind. You're I mean, doing there's, that. There's no way. Although the Ravens are basically undefeated in some sort I'm of streak aware, right now. I'm aware. So If you say that, you know you're going to end up ruining it, though. Like at the moment, I'm not, you I'm not betting yourself, on it, that's for sure. The moment you convince yourself. All right. Um, so there's that. Hang on. I'm running through the whole thing. So there's the there's that. There's, oh, and also this morning, Mickey Janice is going to join us. Neat yes. story. Uh, Norfolk Tides knuckleballer who at the age of 33 finally got uh, a taste of the big leagues for the first time in his life a little bit earlier this season. We'll talk about that kind of crazy journey that he had to that point. Obviously, he's not giving up. He wants to get back to the big leagues, but he's doing it at the age of 33. It's a crazy story. We'll talk to Mick Janice about that a little bit later on. So all of that coming up on the program today. But I have something I need to discuss, Zach Goodman. Okay. Let's hear it. I came with heat today. First of all, I need to tell you that today's program is brought to you by Window Nation. Get 50% off all styles of windows, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. A lot of days I come in here and truthfully, there's not all that that I'm worked up about. There just isn't. I'm not all that moved by anything in the world of sports. It's, you know, the Orioles aren't very good. It's what it is. I've accepted that for some time. You ain't going to get me bothered by the fact that I lost two out of three in New York, truth be told probably better result would be for them to have lost all three. Let's just let's be realistic about that. Fair enough. So you can't get me worked up about that most days. As you know, I don't care for anything that's going on at training camp or the preseason. Very difficult. Somebody would say, well, this guy had a great day of practice yesterday. Who gives a flying <laughs> F? So, it's true. So a lot of days I come in here, and I just don't have anything I'm all that worked up about. But I am hot oh boy. today. I am hot. My, I am, I am mm, seething, seething about something. I don't know if you've I, seen I have no this. idea where you're going with this. I actually. don't know if you've seen this. It's not Maybe okay. Not. And we need to stand up. We need to say something. We need to do something about it. We need to think that we can change it. There is a report this morning. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't expect this report to come from this source, but it comes from Variety. Mm, okay. Which writes about the business of entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason why this is relevant is because. It really has nothing to do with sports. It's an entertainment story. They have apparently chosen the next host of Jeopardy. Glenn Clark is the next host of Jeopardy. Apparently. This is a crock of S. It's not Aaron Rodgers, is it? No, it's not Aaron Rodgers. He decided he was going to keep playing football. They have zeroed in and are in advanced negotiations to make the permanent host of Jeopardy some guy named Mike Richards. And no, it's oh, not the guy that played Mike Cosmo. R- no. It's not the guy that played Cosmo Kramer on Seinfeld. <laughs> I assure you, he's not getting yeah. the job. Mike, effing Richards. Ken Jennings seems like the obvious choice. This is. It was. So I actually no. Th- I've been thinking about this guy for months. The, after they let Ken Jennings host the first couple of weeks, mm. the next guy that filled in was this dweeb, Mike Richards. Mike Richards <laughs> is I, the executive producer. Oh, of okay. Jeopardy. Okay. And apparently it had been like the host of some podunk game show network game show in the past. Uh, Mike Richards, I'm trying to figure out what the name of the show was that he was the. Uh, he was the second host of something called Beauty and the Geek. Not I, I, familiar. I actually think I've heard of that. It, it's some. 
it's some show where essentially they try to pair like a beautiful person and a not beautiful person at all, and it's like some reality show actually. But what's the? I'm point? almost positive of like, this. Like I have no idea what the point is. I've seen like a clip on YouTube once in a while because apparently it's like actually very funny. But Mike Richards, hey, he also congratulations. he also hosted the daytime version of the Weakest Link. I've seen that show. That's a good show. Well, the Weakest Link in primetime with the British chick was yes. tremendous. Yes. And they brought it back this year with like what Jane J- Lynch, Jane Lynch I yeah. believe. Jane Lynch. Um, I never saw the daytime version. This they do this all the time where like they put a show on a network with mm-hmm. a real host and then they do another version on Game Show Network with somebody you've never heard of in this but, case. Uh, but Jeopardy is serious business. I mean, this yeah, is Jeopardy this is, is serious. Legit. Mm-hmm. Jeopardy is the most important game show that exists with yes. the Wheel of Fortune right there with it. Mike Richards has no business being the host of Jeopardy. No offense. By the way, might be a saint. Might be the greatest human being that's ever lived. I'm going to bet he's not, but he might very well be. It's totally possible this guy is is the salt of the earth and a wonderful human being and and takes care of puppies, has adopted the entire city of Los Angeles' dogs. This guy might be the best human being ever. But he has no business being the host of Jeopardy. Jeopardy is far too important at this point to be trusted to a zilch. No offense. No offense, Mike Richards. Ken Jennings is coming to save it in two years when Mike Richards eventually no, no, no. burns th- th- out. This needs to be stopped now. <laughs> this needs to be stopped. There needs well, to be the reaction to this. Hang on. I'm hot, Zach. Hang on. No worries. Go ahead. The reaction. We talk a lot in this country about cancel culture. We talk yes. a lot about internet outrage and how it's a bad thing. Yeah. It ain't if you can force change when change is necessary. And I assure you in this moment... Change is necessary. This is bloody unacceptable. This, no one is asking for this guy. No one on the planet. No one is saying to themselves, I want to be. It was so easy. Ken Jennings was quite fine as a guest host. Is he a broadcaster? No. But he was comfortable. He was able to get his way through, and he brought cash in. And, and he's, a, he's a legend. You he, know, he's a legendary he Jeopardy player. mattered. He, yes. It felt like... He was an extension of Alex Trebek because he was the greatest player. Yeah. He would do the thank you, Alex, at the end of the show as a sign-off. Ken Jennings was an extension of what you loved. And, yes, as a broadcaster, I tend to prefer broadcasters being in broadcasting roles. I don't typically care for it when they put somebody on who's not a broadcaster, and you can tell. American Gladiators was the greatest competition show in the history of humanity. And then NBC tried to bring it back years ago with Hulk Hogan as the host. <laughs> yeah. And for all yeah, of the things that Hulk that. Hogan was good at once upon a time, you know what he's not? He's not a broadcaster. Yeah. And he failed miserably. And it had something to do with why the show was such a disaster when they brought it back, which is insane because it was literally bringing back American Gladiators, the greatest competition show in the history of television. I typically prefer broadcasters to be in broadcast roles. Yeah. Ken Jennings is not a broadcaster, but he was good enough, and he had the cachet. He mattered. If you were magically... I have talked to people that have been um, contestants on Jeopardy. Yeah. And being on the show was secondary to having the chance to go out there and stand next to Alex Trebek and take a picture and have him come over and take do small talk with you, which wasn't much. Right, like when right. You, If you were a contestant on Jeopardy, you did not oh. get much FaceTime at all with Alex Trebek, but the little bit of FaceTime you got meant something. And for the people that give a rat's ass about this show, 
That little bit of FaceTime would be significant with Ken Jennings. That little bit of back and forth chatter would matter with, with the Ken goat. Jennings. He's the goat. No one on the planet would give a rat's ass about having FaceTime with something called Mike Richards. No one in the world. A producer would come over to you. You want to meet the host? Uh, I'm, 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 I'll meet him when we play the, when we play the game. I'm yeah. good. I'm being honest with you. I'm, I'm all right. I, I don't need this. This is an abomination. He does have kind of a dweeby look. I'm looking, oh, at, I'm looking oh, at pictures he, of him right he now. He looks like an absolute turd, doesn't he? He <laughs> looks like a guy <laughs> He's that, not has, exactly. that has gotten by by being this guy. That has been able to get jobs by just walking, hey, Mike Richards here, how are you? Yeah, yeah, just the, the permanent was, smile on his face. I was telling us, some people just look like the way they are. I, I uh, had an opportunity the other night, uh, uh, Mike Loxley hosted an event, and uh, mm. we went down, and I was as I was walking into uh, his abode, um, uh, this, this, this silver-haired gentleman came over to me, and he, <laughs> he grabs me, and he's doing a used car salesman, and it was former Florida football coach Ron Zook, who's now on Mike Loxley's staff. And I said to the people that I've talked to about it since then, Ron Zook was exactly the way that I would have imagined Ron Zook being. He came over, mm-hmm. Ron Zook here, how are you? And it, like, I, I felt like he was trying to sell me a car in that moment. And it's exactly, he's a very old ball coach. It's what you would expect from Ron Zook. I'm not saying that in a negative way. There's a lot of guys in, in football that are the exact same type of guy. Mike Richards comes off as exactly the guy that you would expect him right, to be. Right, right. He's, I don't disagree. He's he's just a dweeb. He's a guy that's existed with this look, with this, I'm just tall enough and my jaw is square enough that I've been able to get by on that, whether or not I actually have anything to offer. And I don't know, maybe, again, maybe he does. Maybe he's truly a wonderful human being. Puppy adopter, with sure. great Yes, maybe he has great thoughts on life. Maybe he has marched in all the marches that matter. Maybe he has stood up for the rights of... Uh, the the people the that that need that maybe he's done all of those things, but not qualified. To not host in Jeopardy. any way should he yeah. be the host of Jeopardy. And we need to stand up and say something. We need to demand that Jeopardy doesn't. <laughs> you know what? This is taking the easy way out. This is saying we can hire a guy cheaper. You think you can get Lavar Burton for the same price as Mike Richards? You can't. You think sure. you can get any of the Ken Jennings is Ken Jennings. He's got things. If Mike Richards isn't the host of Jeopardy, what the F is he doing? Producing it, I guess. Probably. Or going back to being the date. He can demand nothing. So the Jeopardy people are like, well, we could spend money to get a real host, or we could cheap out and just promote this guy and assume that Jeopardy is such a strong brand that these dopes will watch no matter who we put on the show. It's almost like they went to the people who made the show, and they were like, all right, who's the best-looking person we can can throw out there and pay as as little as possible and make him the host of Jeopardy? They they picked Mike Richards. I think that's about what happened. Unacceptable. They just, picked, they just picked the. Maybe he had seniority there. Maybe they were like. Maybe this was all rigged all along. They just. They knew Mike Richards from the beginning was going to be the new host I'm, of Jeopardy. I, you know what? By the way, I am completely. Yeah. I, and there have been conspiracy theorists that have existed mm-hmm. that have said the reason why he was the first to go after Ken Jennings. You can't have him be the one to go after Alex Trebek because then you immediately yeah. measure him against Alex Trebek, right? Right. But the reason they had him go before everybody else was to have all of these other people come in and struggle, the Aaron Rodgers of the world come in and struggle. Mm-hmm. And so Jeopardy fans would say, you know, it's not that bad if they end up turn if they end up giving it to Richards, there were worse <laughs> there were worse yeah. options they could have given it to. Some of these other guys have fallen flat on their face. Frankly, right. look, I've been disappointed by LeVar Burton. I was rooting for him. I thought he would be a good option. He 
hasn't been great. Um, I think he could grow into it if he was given the job. And I think my understanding was he really wanted the job, and I would be totally good with it being. Oh, I got the, oh, that's not a good time to get the hiccup. <laughs> I'd be totally good with being LeVar Burton. Yeah. I'm not good with it being Mike Richards. This is what's wrong with America is we go with cheap and find a guy who's just handsome enough that it doesn't really matter what his skill set is. People will look at him and say, well, he seems like the type of guy. He's probably tall. I don't know how tall he is, but he's probably yeah, tall, yeah. tall-ish, tall enough. Did, Again, I, I want to ask you, I don't know, did Michael Strahan have a shot? Because I feel like Michael Strahan he does had, have just about every on, job in on broadcasting. every That's true. game show of all time. Like My, Michael Strahan is not – I don't I don't. He's know now if, a game show legend. I after, don't know if Michael Strahan got a look on Jeopardy. Uh, I think he should have because he? he hosts basically every other show. Robin so, I mean, Roberts hosted recently, Okay, and I thought she did a fine job. Um – I mean, it would have been interesting if Aaron Rodgers had tried to play football and host Jeopardy at the same time. That would have been entertaining, no doubt. <sighs> I don't know how good he would have done. I mean, I, I saw no, a few episodes no, it, where he was, he, was, he, was, he, was he was fine. He was fine, but he was he was better fine. than Mike Richards, for being fair. Everything is better than Mike Richards. <laughs> we need to stand up as a people and make right. it very clear that we will not accept it. We don't have to take a break. You can go ahead and call Sasha. That's what I'm We will not do. accept this. This is not okay. We demand better. The answer is Ken Jennings. That's the answer. Anything a better option than Mike Richards as the permanent host of Jeopardy. I'm Glenn Clark, and I approve this message. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Sports and Social MD, the place to be to watch all of the fights at Sports and Social MD at Live Casino Hotel, including UFC 265 this Saturday night, $10 admission ticket, you can get a table. There's still a couple available, but you got to email events at sportssocialmd.com. Doors are 8. The main card starts at 10. And they're offering great fantasy football draft packages at Sports Social Maryland. They start at $250. Um, include your draft board. Space for 12 people. Two platters of 24 wings. Four towers of beer. Three orders of nachos with guacamole. It's all available you got to, again, go to sportssocialmd.com to find out more or email events at sportssocialmd.com. Any night is a great night to be at Sports and Social at Live Casino Hotel. Our next guest, man who has accomplished uh, all sorts of things, and he's being recognized by the University of Maryland because of it, and he is going into the University of Maryland Athletics Hall of Fame. It's a pleasure, as always, for us to welcome back to the program a man who, oh, you know, all he's done in his career is – Win a bunch of national championships, three of them, and regularly have Maryland competing for conference championships, and that'll be what they'll do again this season. It's a pleasure to welcome back head coach Sasha Sarovsky to Glenn Clark Radio. Coach, it's Glenn and Zach in Baltimore. It's always great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking the time, and congratulations on the Maryland Athletics Hall of Fame. Well, first of all, thank you. It is always great to be with you as well. And, uh, yes, I'm um, deeply honored and uh, humbled by the selection. Uh, sometimes you, you wonder, is, is this mean I'm really old now? Does this mean I'm on my way right. out? So, <laughs> you know, I still think I have a few more good years left. But, uh, no, look, it's, uh, this is a place I love. This is a place that's my home. And, uh I feel, you know, I feel honored to be the coach here. I, I was, I was going to ask, like, is there a little bit of a weirdness to this? Like, hey, you know, I, wait a second, uh, I still think I can accomplish a little bit more here. What do we do? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, right, right now, I mean, I've got preseason starting next Tuesday. All, all I'm focused on is getting the guys ready and getting ready for the season. So you, you don't really think about, 
you know, uh, what you have, have accomplished when you think about, you know, the, your next game. And that's the way I think about things. Just, I got to get ready for the next game, next game. So, so, but nonetheless, I, I know what it means. And I know the, the great people that are part of this and to be alongside some of the greats in the history of this uh, university and athletic department is, uh, it, it, it is quite an honor. You, you know, Sasha, I've known you for a long time, but you pre I was a young man. I was a child when you came to the University of Maryland. So I never mm-hmm. really have had a conversation with you even about how you ended up at Maryland in the first place and, you know, what, what you knew about the program at the University of Maryland when you arrived back in 1993. Can you take me back to those days and, and what you could have imagined possible at that point when you first showed up in College Park? You know, I, I got into coaching at a young age. Uh, I wanted to play pro soccer, and the North American Soccer League folded. And I was playing pro soccer in Canada, and then I just sort of fell into coaching because that was the only way I could stay involved in the game of soccer. And I was the head coach at the University of Hartford in the 1991-92 season. my first coaching job, and we had really good success, got to a couple of sweet 16s. Uh, I had a brush against University of Virginia in my first year at Hartford. We took them to four overtimes when they were the top teams. And that's when I learned a little bit about the ACC and, and Maryland. I also fell in love with Shannon Higgins, who's my mm-hmm. wife now, who was coaching. Uh, she's a World Cup Hall of Famer. Uh, she was coaching at George Washington University. And after my second successful year at Hartford, I get a text from her saying, uh, you need to apply for this job. And uh, so as I learned about the University of Maryland, I realized that uh, at that point they were in a downward trend or at the bottom of the ACC. But I also recognized that this was a sleeping giant. Um, and when I, when I you know, came through this area, I was very fond of it. And, you know, I ended up getting a job and I got the job. And I, re- I realized at that point that uh, this is a place that we can make elite. And that was my goal. I told everybody from the president to the AD to the players here that the expectation is that we're going to be a perennial elite top 10 team and we're going to compete for national titles every year. And there was some people that bristled and laughed and, you know, giggled and like, you have no idea what you're doing. But, but I knew that we could get it done. I knew the talent that was in this area. I knew the the quality of this university. And for me, it was a perfect fit. I, I felt like this is where I fit in. This is a place where I feel like the people associated with Maryland have this, you know, really nice sort of, I call it the blue collar work ethic, um, a little chip on our shoulder. And, and I fit into that. It's a very diverse place. Uh, it, it's got everything that I've wanted. That's why this is my home. Babe Ruth thinks that this was a pretty impressive called shot. Sasha, like, <laughs> that is remarkable how much you call your shot when it comes yeah. to Maryland. My God. And all the things that you've been able to do over those years. Well, I, it worked out okay. It worked yeah. out all right for you, your family, and everybody here at Maryland. Was, was there a point, and I, and, I, and I hate doing this like reflection thing, because, again, you're, still, you're getting ready for a season, but, you know, as, as we have to talk about the Hall of Fame, was there a point early on that you knew it would work? Was there a time where you were worried about whether or not it would work? Again, it's easy to look back 30 years later and three national championships and all the success you've had, but was there a point early on where you you wondered, like, oh, did, did I bite off more than I could chew here? Did I, did I say things that I can't back up? Um, and was there anything that occurred that made you realize, no, I, I know, I know we really will be able to do all those things that I thought I could? Yeah, in my first year here, I took over a team that was 5-12 and 12 from the 1992 season. <clears throat> and, you know, I, as, I, as I mentioned, I came in with guns a-blazing, uh, telling everyone that would listen that we're going to be 
this and that. And uh, my first year, we were three fourteen and one. We actually went backwards. And I remember during that year, I think we lost eleven games by one goal. And you know, we had a, a number of of players that didn't really understand what the commitment level was going to be. Um, and you know, it was a bit of a weeding out process that year, but we also planted a bunch of seeds. But I remember thinking about halfway through that year going, oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know, our, our field was not really a stadium. Uh, there was no lights. We we were playing against teams that had, you know, more scholarships, way better facilities, better history. And I'm thinking to myself, what the heck did I get myself into? But, you know, I, I loved that challenge. And 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 that's that sort of fit me perfectly because it was – it, it was just a, a grind that I was willing to take on. And, uh, you know, w- within a year, uh, we, we were 14, six and one, and we were sweet 16 in my second year at Maryland. And at that point, uh, you know, we, we ended up playing Virginia in the, in the sweet 16 again. Um, and we lost to them, but at the same, at the same point, I think we sent a signal that right. Maryland is here and now we just needed to stay there and keep building. And, you know, two years later, we won the ACC championship Two years after that, we were in, we were in a college cup, the Final Four, uh, and since then we've been, I think, the most successful program in the 21st century. Um, so, so I feel good about you know, um, s- sort of uh, living up to what I preached, and uh, <laughs> we are elite. Well, I think we are the standard in college yeah, soccer, crazy. and I feel good about that. But I also feel like we, you know, we left some championships on the table, and as good as we've done, I also feel like we could have done better, and I. And that still drives me. It still, it still, it still kills me because uh, I still remember the losses a lot more than the wins. And and I still think we have a few more, uh, a, a few more success stories coming up here. I imagine that is probably true. Sasha Sarovsky is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Um, Coach, as as we look towards 2021, can can you take me through sort of the impact of everything that happened last year and playing into the spring and. You know, it's it's not football, right? Like, it's not as, you know, you, you probably don't have as many serious injuries in that way. But did it change anything as you got ready for this season? Did you think a little bit about how much you pushed the guys because of the way that, like, what what was the impact of particularly the strange schedule, obviously, on top of all of the awful things that everyone had to go through in this country? Yeah, I think last year was kind of a just a survival year. It was very strange. You know, we the kids were here in the summer trying to go through all the resocialization stuff, you know, so summer of 2020 getting into 2021 and on the eve of our first day of preseason, official preseason, you know, we we're told we're not having a season. Um, and then we, we continue to, to train and play hoping that maybe we, we could piggyback when football was restarted and they, they didn't let us do that. And it was very disappointing. Um, and then when we got into the spring season, we we're thankful that we would have a spring season but it was very odd. We we were allowed no non-conference games and no exhibition games. So we jump in right into Big Ten play right away. And rather than spreading out our games, uh, we actually were as more congested than even the fall season. So unfortunately, we had a lot of injuries. Um, at one point, I think we had 40% of my starting lineup uh, or our team injured. And we had to cancel one game, not having enough healthy bodies to play. Um, so, so that was really disappointing, but we survived it. We started out 0-3. We finished in the NCAA tournament, yep. um, and uh, we returned a, a really good group of players this year. Um, we're getting some kids back, I think, healthy. So we're excited for this year. I mean, I, it was strange, you know, going to Ludwig Field and playing games without fans and without the stands on the track there. Uh, it was surreal. It took it took me a while to adjust. It was kind of like 
it doesn't feel like Maryland soccer without, you know, 5,000. Yeah, for those that don't know, the atmosphere typically at a Maryland soccer game is unbelievable. I mean, it's just absolutely a Friday night at Ludwig Field is something special to behold. Yeah, and, and you know, our first game was, was, I think it was on a Friday night, and it was like, uh, we're, we're going, wait a second, this just does not feel right. right. There's nobody here. And it right. almost felt, felt like a like a little, like an old spring friendly game, and it was like, whoa, this doesn't feel right. So it took us a little while to adjust. Uh some of the teams that don't get as many fans were fine. They adjusted quicker, but for us it was a little harder <laughs> because of our expectations. But uh, look, right now the stands are up, the players are back on campus. Uh, you know, we're we're having marketing meetings, planning to get the students back on campus. So, uh, you know, we're we're hopeful that. Uh, this Delta variant doesn't uh, take us sideways again, but we're excited about the upcoming season. You, um, you know, obviously you have produced so many tremendous players over the years, Coach, and to see again this year these guys, Eric Williamson in particular, and Donovan Pines a little bit too, um, but it, Eric, I think of having the incredible success that he had in winning the Gold Cup – does it? Does it? I imagine it doesn't get old, right? Like I imagine, no matter how many guys you see succeed, it still means something. But can you tell specifically what you meant for you to see Eric do it? And can you explain to people what that does? What those moments mean for your program in in as far as you know, opening up opportunities to get more and more talent. It's... Well, you know, I feel like a proud father. You know, I'm a father of three daughters, and uh, these are my boys. So when, when when they come to Maryland, they come here with with dreams, you know, they they, they want to get a, a great college education, they want to get a great soccer education, and they want to get have a great soccer career. And to see these kids reach the ultimate of of wearing the U.S. national team jersey um, and playing in competitions like the Gold Cup or the World Cup, it's incredible. You know, we've we've had uh, five former players play in World Cups, and we've had 14 players wear the U.S. national team jersey. And for someone like Eric Williamson, who was an extremely talented player um, and, you know, had to sort of uh, got off to a slow start in his career, but now is flourishing um, and he's a local kid here to see him starting at that level uh, is incredible. And it, it shows his growth and maturity and his, and his persistence because he, you know, he sat on the bench for the first year in MLS um, and, and now to come through that way is, is phenomenal. And then you look at Donovan Pines, who who wasn't really a youth national team player, and now he's playing for the full national team, uh, you know, who's a, a bit of a late bloomer. I think both of them were maybe a little bit of a late bloomers. Uh, but now they're, they're you know, they're in the full national team cycle. And we have Zach Steffen, who's a starting goalkeeper yeah. as well. So so I'm, I'm hopeful that in the next World Cup here that we have – well, hopefully all three of those guys are, are, are playing the next World Cup. And, you know, that that's exciting. You know, um, I, I, I'm certainly hopeful to, to go. I'm not sure if I'll make it to Qatar, but if they're playing, I might have to make a trip there. So that would be nice. I, I want to ask you specifically, and I know you're not unbiased when we talk about these guys. Yeah. So I want to make that clear. But, you know, you bring up Eric Williamson. I've heard from other people. I, the, the energy that he brought off the bench, and then I, I know there was a – you know, a little bit of a gaff early on, but you see his passing and and what he's capable of doing in that way. And, and I kind of lean up. I feel like he's absolutely earned the right to be a part of World Cup qualifying and to get that chance. Um, what, what do you still think, like, he can do to even maybe raise what we saw from his play in earning a start in the Gold Cup final? You know, it's interesting. Some of the listeners who know soccer remember Claudio Reyna, the, the great Virginia player that was one of our all-time best U.S. men's national team players. And Claudio had this ability to make the game look effortless and seamless. He was a great passer, 
was very tactical. Erica's a lot like that. Uh, what Erica's done recently is he stayed tuned in more to the game. There was moments where Eric would sometimes lapse and maybe walk a little bit, but now you can see his head is on a swivel. He's moving. He, he has uh, incredible speed with the ball and is a, a great passer. I mean, he is one of the most skillful players that's ever played here at Maryland. And what he always lacked a little bit was that uh, maybe that intensity or, or, or staying focused throughout 90 minutes. Um, but what I've seen from him in the past uh, year and a half has been a, a, a really a maturation and a growth where he is now a complete player. And uh, I think I think that's why you're seeing him starting for the national team. And then, you know, you bring up Zach, and I think the expectation from a lot of people now is there might be a little competition, right, for the, yeah. the goalkeeper job is not only, you know, did you see Horvath come in after Zach got mm-hmm. hurt, but now you see Matt Turner, who was, you know, spectacular throughout the course of the Gold Cup. Um, you know, how, how, how prepared do you think Zach is for – the likelihood that he's going to have to fight to keep his own job, which he's done nothing to lose, right? Like, there's no reason. Yeah, yeah. He, he did nothing wrong. It's just that this is obviously a great problem to have. I'm sure you'd love to have three goalies that were all this good at some yeah, point. Yeah. How prepared do you, you know, think he is for that? It's... Yeah, he, he's prepared. I mean, he's he's competing with Ederson, one of the best goalkeepers in the world at Manchester City. He he knows he knows the deal. I mean, I think, you know, Matt Turner had a great uh, a, a great gold cup and he's a terrific goalkeeper. Ethan Horvath is very good. We've always had a number of really good goalkeepers, uh, but Zach is a notch above all of them. And uh, and I, I, I have no doubt that Zach will be the number one uh, in the qualifying and will be the number one in the next World Cup. Um, Zach is, is one of the all-time most talented goalkeepers in U.S. history, even though he's at a young age. He's just starting to make his presence felt and the things that Zach can do that no other goalkeeper can do, uh, whether it's playing out from the back with his feet or having just listen to make big plays in big games and also has the calmness and the leadership that, that is there. So I have no doubt Zach is number one, but I do think it's, you know, uh, Matt Turner's uh, form right now and Ethan Horvath's is uh, playing the last uh, Nations League. We'll just push Zach, and that's what you want. You know, the, yeah. we have the, the saying, iron sharpens iron, I think, that's just going to make him a little bit better, but I expect him to be number one. Obviously an eternally good problem for a coach to have, to have yeah. this many good goals. You, you you pray for this to be the problem that you're dealing with. Um, yeah. Coach, it's so happy for you, um, and, and to say well-deserved, I mean, it's, it's beyond well-deserved, but as you point out, we're also happy because we know we're going to get to watch your teams play for, for however long you continue to do this, and and know every year that there's going to be a chance to see something special. Um, congratulations on the Hall of Fame. I look forward to seeing you out there. I know you mentioned the exhibition, but the first, like, real game, where as of right now, we know that people will be able to get out to is the 26th against Charlotte, correct? Yeah, we have an opening weekend with Charlotte, who's uh, ranked 18th in the country on, on Thursday, August the 26th, and then we host our local rival, UMBC, Which... on Sunday, August 29th. So that's a couple of... Uh, opening weekend games and then right after that we jump in uh with a, a game with george mason on the first friday night lights followed by playing virginia at audi field on labor day oh, that's cool and then we go to georgetown uh to play them on september the 11th so first five games are against a bunch of local and national powers so and, and, and if and if you've never been to a maryland umbc game the atmosphere is ridiculous it is yeah, it is yeah. awesome and obviously we know what pete karinji's done with that program and so it's definitely worth getting down there to check that out 
uh, Coach, again, congratulations. Really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning. Thanks so much for doing it. Let's talk again real soon, all right? Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Sasha Sorovsky, uh, Maryland soccer coaching legend, uh, three-time national champion, and now headed to the Maryland Athletics Hall of Fame. Uh, despite the fact that he is very much still in the throes of, of all of the many accomplishments in his career, I I I think Zach Steffen will be one A going into the World Cup qualifying. I think that he will still have the the first look, but I do genuinely believe that that will become um, a bit of a open competition, if you will. I think um, that. It, Depending on the match, because not every qualifier, some qualifiers are against countries where, you know, you should be able to win comfortably. Some qualifiers are far trickier than that. I do think that Greg Berthalter is going to want to look at all three of these guys because they've all, you know, in the Horvath in the, in the Nations League final was, was, was tremendous when he came in for Zach Steffen. And then Matt Turner was brilliant. Yeah, Matt, Matt Turner really impressed My me. My God, I mean, he was good during it, the Gold it, Cup. The guy was just unbreakable. I mean, yeah. man, there would be some incredible shots with power accuracy. He would just, you know, he had the reaction And time. one he after another. The, like one mul- after another, right. right, right. Multiple right. shots. And throughout and, the whole Gold Cup, it wasn't just, you know, one game that he, that he showed out. He was yep. really solid throughout it all. Allowed just the one goal on a penalty kick. Yeah, uh, which is against Martin. fine. Right. You know, what are you, you going to do in those right. situations? Um, so yeah, I think they all they think they all get a look. I think they all get an opportunity. I I do still think that it it it's Zach Steffen's job to lose more than it is, and maybe it's the other way around. Maybe it's somebody else's. I don't I don't know how yeah. to say that. I think he's one A, but I don't think he's one. And then the other guys are two and three. I think it's a one A, one B, one C type of situation where. You feel really comfortable in in all of these guys, and I, you know I constantly say it's a good problem to have, and then I tend to follow it up when we have these conversations by saying, as long as you make the right choice, as long as at the end you pick the right one, because that becomes tricky if if you decide that the guy that you trust is the guy that you trust, and then ultimately you shouldn't have chosen that guy, then it becomes a problem. All right, Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Um, Zach, I'm going to pose something to you when we come back in. It's something that I talk sure, about openly sure. the, uh, related to the Orioles, and I'm going to pose okay. it to you. And then I want to get to uh, – oh, Ken Zalas is going to join us at the top of the hour. So you got fantasy football draft questions. Get them in for KZ at Glenn Clark Radio, and we will talk about that next. It's Glenn Clark Radio, a Thursday edition from the Press Box Studios. Here it Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. 
At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh, premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Windownation, the perfect fit. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Let's have you Chris Jericho, Le Champion, AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio, 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. Glenn Clark Radio. Here, do the C3 read, Zach. I don't feel okay, like doing it. Do, do it. the let's C3 do read. All right, call C3 American Exteriors to get roof and siding repairs for the cost of your home insurance deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 at 410-401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. All right, Ken Zales is going to join us in about 15 minutes. We're going to get you ready for your fantasy football drafts. I I have been discussing something, Zach, and I, I just, you know, you, you care about... You're st- I'm assuming you're still watching every Orioles game. You're still... Uh, for the most part. It depends on what other sports bring, are bring on. Bring your game down. A little down? Just a okay. little bit. No yeah, a little bit, yeah. Um, I, I am not, and it's been some time mm-hmm. since... And, but I called my shot on that. I wasn't going to do... I can't... I'm at a place in my life where there's too many things that I enjoy and too many ways that I want to spend my time for me to invest my time in things that... That just don't bring me joy. And that's with no offense to the guys that we like. No offense. I know Cedric Mullins continues to be a revelation. Sure. And, yeah. You know, Trey Mancini's just such a wonderful story. It's no offense to those guys. It's just I don't. Watching a bad baseball team is not something that I need to invest any time on, nor does it demand it. Like, there's not such interest in the team that because of the job it demands yes. that I be watching. Yes. Um, and there are certain people that are like, well, that makes you a front runner or a fair weather <laughs> fan. No, it's not. Th- this isn't on me. I didn't choose. I didn't demand that the Orioles go through a rebuild, anything along those lines. You're blaming the wrong person. You're deflecting something mm-hmm. towards someone else 
Like you, if you want to make yourself, I'm, that means I'm a better fan. God bless you. God bless you. Let let yourself believe that. I'm not even going to try to fight with you about it. It's at a certain point in life, we all have to take inventory. And I don't, I don't, I don't, um, I, I don't hate the Orioles. I'm not mad at the Orioles. I just, you know, when they're going through this, I'm not going to be as invested night in and night out. That's just the reality. Next Thursday, I'm going to take my kids to the Orioles game because it's a 4 o'clock game. It works out that it's a day that we'll be able to go to the game and, and have some fun, and I'll look forward to that, and they'll love being at go. the game and the whole thing. Um, in the meantime, the bigger problem I have, and I alluded to this earlier on, is part of the issue when I do happen to turn a game on is I can't take any joy in the Orioles finding success. Once you become a certain thing, there's there's nothing. This thing where they won nine of their first 14 games out of the All-Star break, Yeah, I, I don't find that to even be a pleasant anomaly. It's, it's unpleasant to me because it helps nothing. It's... I'm I'm not again I I don't tune into the game so it's not I I've said all along I'm not openly rooting against the team it's when I find out what the result of the game is it's better to me when it's a loss now as I said okay. before better a loss with positive signs from certain players right like sure. if it's a loss in which Ryan Mountcastle went 4 for 5 and hit two home runs that's a great thing if it's a loss in which Cedric Mullins, and there's been quite a bit of those, performed uh, uh, particularly well. That's wonderful. If yeah. it's a loss in which Austin Hayes looked really good, that's a good thing. But ultimately, it needs to be a loss. I can't. There is no joy okay. that I can get in somebody. Kyle the other day, well, it's against the Yankees. It's a little more pl- bit more pleasant, I guess. But that train has left the station. Like, it, it's, it's gone. There's no world. There's nothing good in August of a baseball season that can come from a really bad baseball team mm-hmm. winning a game against anyone. I can't enjoy it. I can't find myself, hey, what a stirring rally in the eighth inning that was. Orioles magic, baby. I can't do those things. As someone who's a bit more invested than I am and more of a fan and, and younger and so less cynical, I'm, I'm going to throw in there as well, where are you with the results of baseball games at this point in the year? Uh, so I, I think that generally when teams are trying to decide what they're going to do to a season, you, you've either got to pick one way or the other. You've got to pick that you're going to win or you're going to lose terribly and get a high draft pick. I think that's generally what teams are you know doing these days. They're either really trying to go all in and competing or they're on the complete other end of things where the Orioles right now are where you're getting a top five pick. And you might be one of the people that says, I would rather them get number, you know, number one instead of number four, because generally there's going to be a higher, you know, and a better talent available to them than them number yes. one. Um, that's typically true. I'm not sure it was true in 2021, but maybe it will be in 2022 with Elijah Green or, or Jace Young or any of those guys. Mm-hmm. However, um, you look at what the Orioles can get with a top five draft pick. I'm a person who would rather them not be the laughing stock of the league and not be picking at number one. Uh, and be picking, you but know, do you, at, at three or four. Do you genuinely four. believe the difference in that is whether or not the team is the laughing stock of the league? Do you think because the Orioles only had the fifth worst record in baseball last oh, year? Oh, they're that still made, getting laughed at. No like doubt. That's the no thing. Doubt. They're still getting laughed at. However, you're not the worst. It, it shows there has been some progress made in the rebuild. Um, however, I don't want the Orioles to be mediocre. I think that would be if you fall in the middle of being great and being terrible. I think that would be a horrible mistake. If they were to win, you know, it, it, obviously they're not going to be mediocre this year. But I would rather them lose and be terrible than be mediocre 
is, is my opinion on it. Because if you get the 15th overall draft pick in this rebuild, that's not helping anyone. That's not helping anyone at all. But if you get a top five draft pick, you're doing what you should be doing if you in a the, rebuild. If you have the 15th draft pick, however, you're you're probably a team that was flirting with contention right, right. You're, until but you're still the last you're couple st- weeks of the season. Yeah. And, and I still think there's nothing good that comes from that. I I I I don't get that. Like once you're bad, you're bad. You right. know what I mean? Like yes. I, the difference between the first pick and the sixth pick is there's nothing good that comes from hanging the sixth pick. Like we're talking about esoteric things. We're talking about well, but you don't have to be described as the worst team in baseball. What, so so what does that do for you? Like how does that? It's it's more perception than you know from the league than anything. I mean that's really what it is. It's perception from the league about what your team is and how far your rebuild has come and and where you are. In relation to contention, um, which obviously the Orioles are far out right now. I mean, you look at 2024 as the possible date to, to contend, um, and you say, okay, then it doesn't matter if they get the number one overall pick this year. I get that line of thinking. I'm just a person who would rather see progress and see them land at number five than number one. So so Drew brought up, when we were talking to Drew Forrester yesterday, like really specific circumstances, right? Like where, you know, if, if you get the win because, again, Ryan Mountcastle gets the game-winning hit, yeah. doesn't that yeah. give you something that makes you feel like hey if he's around when the games matter you have a, a, a greater belief that he can get the job done in those situations and in like a very small it, again in, a, in an extraordinary vacuum yeah yeah uh, oh okay you know like i, I, oh, I, I, okay, I would agree with that. yes yeah. like i again i i would still rather he get the game the hit that puts them ahead by a run in the top of the ninth inning and then they blow it in the bottom of the ninth inning like <laughs> right, that would still right. be my preference because it's yeah. sort of like the best of both worlds I the results to me are better. Once you become, if the Orioles had won, you know if they never lost fourteen straight earlier in the season, if they had been a team that flirted with five hundred, this would not be the conversation that we'd be having. Like right, I would right. absolutely, if they were around five hundred, go in, go in and try to do something special and try to be a great story. But once you are the team that you are, I I just I can take no joy in it. Yes, it's been part worse. You know, that Matt Harvey was the one that was pitching. Like, there is nothing good right, that comes right. from Matt Harvey pitching well in in July and August of a baseball season for the Baltimore Orioles. That helps no one. It right, is, especially when the trade value is, is relatively low. Well, there, was, um, there, was, there was no there trade was, value. There was no trade value. Matt Harvey wasn't dumb. Yes, and all of a sudden, Matt Harvey decides he's going to start trying to be a pitcher again, and now, and now what do you have? You have nothing. You yeah, have yeah. – it, it is of no value to you. It is not going to help you in any way. All it's doing is potentially giving you more wins and getting you a worse draft position at that point. Like I can take no joy in that. I'm I'm fascinated. I still see it. Like when the Orioles the other night against the Yankees, there was a lot of you know the cats on the field and and Orioles Twitter is alive and electric. And I I, true. I I I feel like for some people, if I'm going to watch something, I'd rather watch my team win. And long term, whatever that means, be damned. If I'm watching a game and my team is playing in that vacuum, I want to see them succeed, period. Which is part of the reason why I just don't watch the games, right? Because I can feel a little bit of that. I can feel a little bit of if I'm invested, if I'm sitting there. The only time I turned the Orioles, I was gone for the better part of July. The only time I turned the Orioles on was Wednesday of my week at the beach. They were playing the ad- that afternoon game against the Rays. Yeah. And uh, my my son was taking a nap, and I, I told you know my wife, I'm like, if you want to go back down to the beach, I'll stay up here with the boy. And so I turned the TV on, and the Orioles game is on. I'm like, I'll look at this. And literally two <laughs> seconds later was um, the play where Mountcastle and I don't even remember who it was collided with each other yeah, and yeah. dropped the, the pop-up, and the Orioles end up blowing it in the bottom of the ninth inning against the Rays. And I like – 
I was flabbergasted, and I realized, like, this is why I don't watch the games, because I know this is for the best. I know this was the best result that could come from this, not necessarily the guys running into each other and, and it being an embarrassing highlight, but I know it's for the best that they blew the game in the bottom of the ninth inning. I understand that, but yet because I turned it on, I can't take joy from that either. I, when you're watching, it's difficult to do those types of things. That's why I, it's just easier for me to not watch. Like, yeah, yeah. Don't watch. The, when they lose the game, you can acknowledge it, you can nod, and you can say, yep, that was, that was probably for the best. You probably put yourself in the best position that you could possibly be in by losing that baseball game. But you don't require yourself in the moment to have to root yeah. against the Orioles. I'd like to know where Michael Elias stands on this, actually, because I mean, he said obviously at the beginning of the season, he said we're not trying to maximize wins, which is basically saying we're trying to lose, right? I mean, that's ba- that's sort basically of. another yeah, way sort of. of saying that we're not trying to do anything with the season. The season's a throwaway, and that's what it's going to be, and that's unfortunately what you're going to have to take in as fans. But when Michael Elias puts, you know, Dustin Knight, and not and not anything against Dustin Knight, I want I want I want to see him do a backflip. He's, he's yeah. not a very good pitcher. No, that's just simply. I mean, he's 30 years old, and he's making his but, major league debut at 30 fair, years it's old. It's not like they have better alternatives either. They don't, either. and they need arms. They need healthy bodies just to throw, you know, just to throw it all because yes. that's what every team needs. Really, they need depth. Um, however, I, I don't think Mike Elias expects anything more than a loss, and I can't imagine he wants anything more than a loss because he probably is in the exact same mindset as you that he wants that high draft pick and he wants to, and, and to I, be able to capitalize. And as I'd much like as to hope it's similar in terms of like a timeline. I don't think Mike Elias, if the Orioles, if the Orioles had won some games to start the season, I am not a conspiracy theorist that believes that Mike Elias would have suddenly said like. Right. Well, call you know, it badly, you know, sign some free agents. Let's get this thing going. No, I'm, I mean, the, like, I don't think he would okay. have. He would have suddenly said, "Well, we're not gonna, you know, we're we're gonna harm the team." Oh, you're you're going like, the other way around. Yeah, okay. I don't think he was okay. gonna. If they had started winning games, I don't think he would have suddenly. What was the name of uh, Rachel? What's her face in the uh, first major league movie? This so far before you. I, I can't even don't think remember. Whoever the owner of the Indians, her name was Rachel, and I can't think of what her last name was. I don't think he would suddenly start saying like, "I'm going to attempt to sabotage the team." Yes, yes to force them to lose. I don't believe that for a hot second. No, but, no. And none of the players would go go for that. I mean, well, that, no, they simply not, wouldn't right? stand for it. Was it. Exact, so it it's exactly like Major League. You're yeah. literally giving us the plot of Major League. You should probably watch the film. Oh, I've seen, if, I've seen right, the film. Right, I just have no idea what her name is. Um, like, I don't, I don't believe that would have been the case. But once you become who you are, you're not going to deviate from this was the expectation. This is always the way that we thought things were going to be. And it is the best scenario. Yeah for the major league level at this point in the process. And sure, it might start wearing it fan, on fans at some point. And sure, there are plenty of people that are sick of losing in I, yeah, general. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it has already, 100%. There's a lot of that. But, but, it's still the best thing. It's still ultimately, when you're in this system, in this, if you're going to do this, and again, there's an argument that you don't have to do this. This was not forced upon the Orioles to go through a rebuild. That it's still the best no. thing. It, uh, yeah, I, th- I think you're in the right line of thinking. However, um, I slightly disagree with you just based on the fact that I, s- I still get joy out of the fact when they do win. I still do. Yeah, it doesn't. I do. Like, but I, I get joy yeah. out of the Ravens winning preseason games. Yeah, that, I, that, seriously, you have a problem. I do. You have I, a I problem. just like watching. There my, is nothing. I, I like watching my teams nothing win. Relevant about winning a preseason. I like game. watching my teams win meaningless games. I think that's what it's coming I, down I to. I remember. I remember uh, John Harbaugh and I once kind of got into this about this once. Like we we were talking. I had to write a generic preview story, and I I, I asked. Him like, hey, you know, give me a couple goals for the game tomorrow night, and he, he threw in and to win the game, and I sort of side eyed him, <laughs> I like I couldn't yeah. help it, and he caught it, and we ended up having this back and forth, and I said, 
John, the reason why I have a problem with that, and it's the only uh, this one I was on the beat and like it was yeah, different. Yeah. It was a different world. So the only problem I have with that, because you know I, I am a Ravens fan at the same time, is it suggests that you might do something to try to win the game. And if you put somebody in a position where they get hurt in an attempt to win a game in the preseason, that's a that's mistake. dereliction of duty. Yeah, yeah, I no, and, I agree. And I don't believe you know, and I think it's been pretty clear that that's not necessarily like what they've done. For as for as many people as raved about um, that that preseason touchdown run from Lamar Jackson a couple years or two years ago, um, that was called back because of the penalty, but it was this highlight real thing. I remember saying then like. No, I don't want Lamar Jackson doing that in the preseason. I want him to throw the ball away. I know that he can do those things in the regular season. I know that he can do those things when the games matter. I don't want him doing it when it doesn't matter. I don't want him taking any risk whatsoever when things don't matter. Um, and that's the way that I feel about the preseason. Frankly, I'd largely rather they don't play, and we'll see how much they end up playing Lamar Jackson, particularly as he's um, you know coming off of COVID. I don't know what that's going to look like for the preseason. I don't need that. I know he can play. I'm not worried about that. If you want to throw him out there for like a series in one game, God bless. But outside of that, don't need to see it. All right, hour number one of today's show is in the books. It's brought to you by Grade 8's memorabilia. The Purple Takeover is coming to the Maryland State Fair. Ten current future and former Baltimore football stars will be there, including Hall of Famer Lenny Moore, Ronnie Stanley, Hollywood Brown, Adafe Owe, Ben Cleveland, and more. There is a ticket package available for the Purple Takeover that gets you autographs and pictures with all 10 of these Baltimore football players for just $350. If you know anything about that world of pictures and autographs, that's a ridiculous deal. Get to grade8smemorabilia.com. That's great, the number 8s, memorabilia.com. In order to find out more, grade8smemorabilia.com for the Purple Takeover coming to the Maryland State Fair. In the hour number two of Glenn Clark Radio, as I mentioned at the top of the show, in three weeks, on August 26th, we will be relaunching the Pressbox Fantasy Football Show with Ken Zalis. Until that time... KZ is going to be checking in with us on Thursdays to help us get us ready for fantasy football drafts. Those of you that are psychopaths and draft early before Labor Day weekend, you deserve everything that comes to you. Um, but if you are and you have maybe some keeper decisions to make, it, you can chime in at Glenn Clark Radio, get your questions in. As KZ joins us now, courtesy of Glory Days Grill and CCBC. Ken, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I am great. You know? You know? I'm one of those psychopaths. I'm only doing three concurrent drafts as we speak. What is wrong with you? Well, you get into the, the, like, this this is like prime best ball season, which are the the drafts where it's just the draft and um, you don't get to make trades and it's like 24 rounds and you... Uh, you get eight hours to pit, make each pick, so it's a long draft. So, you know, it's it's those types yes, of things. But you might have drafted Cam Akers in the process. I just drafted Cam Akers uh, two days ago in a uh, dynasty league. Well, okay, in a dynasty league, sure. And, and you know, I can understand why you'd want to keep him around. He's going to be the guy. But, like, the point is when you do these early-ass drafts. You do. You, those are the risks. That, and and I have that... Cam Akers in some of the best balls that I've that I've already done, and you just, you know, you, you, that's why you, uh, just like in a real draft, why I preach, you know, depth at running back especially, 
because, you know, on September 1st, these things can happen, too. Understood. Um, you know, so, you know, just like a, a real draft, a best ball draft, it's, you know, it's great that you took Cam Akers, and it's unfortunate that he got injured, but just if Cam Akers was your only running back in your first six rounds in no matter what kind of draft, well, you know, that uh, that's just shame on you. I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, where How high are you on Daryl Henderson as we start getting to real draft season? So, I, you know, he's, for me right now, he's number 20 on my running back board. Okay. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I don't know if he's going to have a full workload like Cam Akers was going to and like we saw Cam Akers down the stretch last year. Uh, work into um, in his rookie year. Uh, you know, there's there's some talk about Xavier Jones, who they who they really like, who who they signed last year, and, yeah, to- and totally someone I absolutely know about. I just want to make that yeah, very I know. clear. I, I, you know, definitely it, it, someone. A, but but it's a it's a name, you know. And but that's that's what we start to do. I mean, you, this is the time of year if you don't know depth charts. Um, and I know, you know, people are saying, well, the depth charts don't matter. Well, they kind of do because when an injury happens, you want to make sure that you know who the backup is for, you know, said guy. So Xavier Jones right now, um, if you believe that Daryl Henderson, like I do is a RB two is the next guy up, um, for the Rams should Daryl Henderson, you know, he's a 23 year old out of. Southern Methodist, you know, good size, and they like him and, and things like that. It, it so, sounds like you're yeah. encouraging people to take a look at Xavier Jones maybe in the late stages of someone's draft. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, he's got he's to be picked. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he he's a guy that, quite frankly, when the Acres news hit, um, he started, uh, you know, getting a lot of run in, in, in the fantasy world as far as, you know, a late-round pick, and he's worked into – you know, probably in the first, if you don't take him in the first 10 rounds, you're probably not going to get him type type of guy. So, um, yeah, I mean, you got to know who, who he is and, and you know, kind of play that game. Um, you know, I, I, I get that. Is there anything really to say about Carson? I don't think Carson Wentz was someone that people were really identifying as like a desirable fantasy football quarterback to begin with, were they? Well, I mean, he was in the... Uh, I mean, top twenty of the rankings. Yeah, I mean, but, the, but the, top twenty you know, sounds like somebody that like you're, you. You know, you don't think. You no, know, he's is... not. You know what? Let's put it this way: in a there's more and more leagues popping up that are that are two quarterback or super flex leagues, and he's absolutely somebody that was being drafted in all those leagues as a QB two. Okay, um, he yeah. was being drafted as a a backup, um, you know, in, in even one quarterback leagues, if, if you wanted somebody like that. So, you know, if you, if you drafted him, I mean, I, I just, again, in a, in a, in a, in a deep league, I think you, you know, a 20, 24 round league, if he's only going to miss five weeks. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, 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 you throw, you throw a draft pick at him, but you know, that's a, that's a mess. I mean, that whole situation is a mess because not only, do you have uh, Carson Wentz, but you also have Quinn Nelson, the maybe the best guard in football out, and you know Jonathan Taylor, who early in the ranking process I had as my number three overall running back. You know you got to rethink those things and how where do you take him? I've 
bumped him down to I saw he eight was or at, nine. He was at nine in your, yeah, yeah, I saw he was in, when I, by the way, uh, KZ's rankings are up at pressboxonline.com, and I saw that you had dropped him all the way down to nine, and I, I know he was a hot name coming into this, so. He was, I mean, but but he's not safe anymore. I mean, you're looking, look, you're looking for some safety in round one, and if you're going running back, you know, you looked at the workload, you looked at, you know, uh, Marlon Mack coming back from an Achilles, which is a really difficult injury to come back from for a running back. So just remember that with the Cam Akers thing as well. But, you know, you look at, you know, I mean, Jacob Eason may be the starting quarterback. Uh, nine guys in the box uh, he's going to face early in the year. So uh, we'll see. He's not he's not as safe as he once was. Um so you, you knock them down, but uh, you know running backs have a lot of questions after the first two or two or three or four guys um, this year. It's it's not it's not as automatic who the top who the number three guy is in the draft this year after McCaffrey and Cook. Ken Zalis is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio, Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst. His appearance brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Their popular summer seasonal menu is still around with favorites like the Very Berry Salad and the Smoky Thigh Wings. God, they're both really good. It's also featuring the all-new Shrimp Po' Boy, crispy fried shrimp on a freshly baked sub roll with lettuce, tomato, and a house-made spicy remoulade. Other delicious items include the 12-ounce New York strip steak, the barbecue chicken bowl, the barbecue ribs, and smoky thigh wings combo platter. A little best of both worlds there. Zucchini, fries, and a key lime pie. All of those meals pair well with the Sam Adams Summer Ale or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. Find out more by going to glorydaysgrill.com. Casey, I feel like uh, you and I have discussed this concept before, and it was posed to me by uh, someone named Chris. Chris says, Glenn, I want you to run this by KZ. I will likely have a back end of the first round pick. I want to know why it is that I shouldn't just take Travis Kelsey and assume that I will have a decided advantage as being the only guy in the league with a tight end who scores like a top wide receiver while everyone else We'll have quality running backs and wide receivers, but I can find guys who are close in later rounds. Well, I'm not going to tell him that it's not a good strategy. I mean, I, I've seen Kelsey taken as high as fourth overall in a, wow. in a lot of drafts. Wow. Um, Jesus. Well, I mean, when you get past McCaffrey, Cook, uh, Henry, and Chubb, and, and some people, you know, don't put Chubb in that category because he doesn't get as many carries as right. the other three because – because you have um, Kareem Hunt, um, Hunt there, yeah. uh, you look at you look for advantages, and Kelsey may be one of the safest players in the first round, and he very rarely gets out of the first round. And if you're picking in a twelve-team league, ten, eleven, and twelve, and you know you could grab him and then still come back with a RB one type. Um, let's say you know you're still able to get you know an Aaron Jones or a Jonathan Taylor coming back in the second round. I'm going to tell you it's a pretty good strategy uh, to do. Um, I, I don't know when I'm on the clock if I could take Kelsey over Austin Eckler or mm-hmm. Barkley or Antonio Gibson for that matter when the you know the light, when when the bright light is on you. But it does give you a huge advantage. Now, you know you, there are some people that would say, well, maybe take the better running back there and come back with. Darren Waller, if you want one of the top tight ends, or if you believe Kittle is going to be back to his normal Kittle ways, or wait a couple rounds and grab a 
TJ Hawkinson and, and, or, or, or Mark Andrews. Um, I, I tend to lean towards the Hawkinson and Andrews in the fourth or fifth round and get those two stud running backs that give me a huge advantage over everybody else in the league that's going to go either running back wide receiver or, you know, something like that. But I'm not going to tell him not to do it. I mean, Kelsey has been such a, you know, automatic wide receiver type number guy from the tight end position. And especially, you know, more and more leagues are going to this tight end premium where you get a, an extra half point per reception from the tight end position to make them because it's such a wasteland to make them more, uh, more interesting. Yeah. I think, I think I did that in our, in our newly set up league yeah, that you and but, I are in yes, right now. right, but you put it on some, like, uh, porn app or something like that. that I'm not I really did sure not. It, it is the most like... popular. You want to know why? So so I'm not going to say the name, but there's a there's a popular uh, over last year and this year uh, app that is, you know, for fantasy drafts. And the reason it's so popular, it is immensely easier to draft online and from your phone on that app than so. anywhere else. I've just never... It is real. The draft app on that is really, really good. I, I, but I, anyway. Yeah, anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. I, but, I, I, but anyway, yeah. um, you know, you, 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 look at, you look at guys like, you know, Hawkinson. You know, they have no wide receivers in, in, um, in, uh, in Detroit. Detroit. Yes. Um, you know, you got to think he's, his targets are going to go up, and we know what what Andrews can do when healthy, you know, he's a, he's a double digit 75 catch guy. So if you get a premium on a tight end, you know, maybe you wait a little bit and, and still go the, the, the running back, running back or running back wide receiver route. Ken, there's been a lot of discussion between people on where to draft J.K. Dobbins. It seems like some people you know, are really high on, on his stock this year, and some people are a little bit lower. But I, I think just based on looking at the Ravens' line and they're, they're decimated with injuries, it's kind of, you know, you sign a guy like Alejandro Villanueva and you don't really know what to expect out of him. Where are you buying on J.K. Dobbins right now? Is, is he one of the top running backs for you, or is he a little bit farther down? Um, first of all, he's an auto-pick if he's available in the third round for me. Anytime I see J.K. Dobbins in the third round, he's an auto pick, and it's just the, the Ravens run the ball. You know, if he gets volume, um, you know, if he's getting twenty carries a game or, or seventeen to twenty carries and catches two or three balls a game, maybe, you know, he's he's a top twelve guy. I have him ranked thirteenth right now, um, so he's just missing out on what I would consider an RB one. But I'm not letting him get. I'm not letting him get out of the third round, and I'm certainly not upset if I come away of a draft as an as an RB two with J.K. Dobbins. Um, he's one of those guys that you know has top five potential for the end of the year. Should the Ravens' offense be what we have come to see, and 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 hopefully. Uh, come to expect uh, over the last couple of years, as long as everybody's healthy, the, the line, you know, look, the line has been, hasn't been great in other years as well. And they've still put up those big numbers from the running back position. So I, I don't, I don't see a problem. One less mouth to feed, with just Dobbins and, and Gus there, um, no problem for The me. problem doing drafts in Baltimore, though, is inevitably all these players end up being somebody, like, like you know. Well, you get, yeah, you know, yeah, like, but, I mean, I do a lot, as you know. Yeah, I do correct, a lot across the country. So, yes, yeah, so you're in a better place. And, but when you do a draft with a bunch of Ravens fans, you have a bunch of Ravens fans who are like, I want to have J.K. Dobbins on my team. Well, yeah, he goes them. earlier, but you have yes. to know that. That's part, of, that's part of the whole draft 
situation. If you want J.K. Dobbins, you know, and you're drafting in your local league, <laughs> you know, in Baltimore, you probably got to get him in the second round instead of the third. Um, let me let me let me run this by you for a second. Um, I and two years ago it was Lamar Jackson. Last year yep. it was Josh Allen. The quarterback that's going to be available deep that could truly end up being the difference in you winning your league this year. Not, you know, like you talk a lot of time about the value of, there's plenty of value quarterbacks you can get deep in a draft. Yes. But I'm talking about like the guy that could literally end up single-handedly changing your fortune of whether or not you win a league. Who might that be this year? Yeah. Um, I think there's a couple of guys uh, that have, you know, you're looking for a guy that's not one of the top 10 quarterbacks that finishes as one of the top three, yes. you know, give or take. So, you know, I think there's three guys that fit that bill for me. And one, and I know there's a lot of talk about other things, but Jalen Hurts, because of the of the running ability, I think is one of those guys. I mean, Philadelphia, you look offensively, and they have some weapons now. I mean, you know, uh, Hurts is still there, so they have two solid tight ends. they got a lot of young uh Good-looking, you know, athletic wide receivers. You got you have uh, Sanders in the backfield. Um, okay, offensive line. They could be good. Uh, you know, they could be sneaky good. And Jalen Hurts should he be uh, the quarterback there for 17 weeks? Um, I think has top five potential. Um, now that's a little bit just outside the top ten. I think you could look a little bit further down. Um, you know, in the road and, and you're looking at a guy, Trey Lance, mm. you know, Trey Lance is the guy that I don't know if he's going to start day one, but he's going to start at some point. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's week four five, six, if he doesn't start from day one, but they gave a lot, they gave away a lot. They believe in this kid, mm-hmm. you know, to draft him and he's going to be able to use his legs and, and run around. And, um, you know, they have that, you know, you look at their, their receiving core in Ayuk and and hopefully um, Samuel is uh, uh, you know Debo Samuel is back healthy and Kittle's back healthy. I mean that's that's a really good offense that likes to put up points. And I think the other guy that you can't forget and he he's not even being drafted in a lot of places is Tua. Um, hmm. You know pe- people forget about Tua. You look at what they have in Miami. Uh, they're they they got a bunch of really good weapons and they're deep. I mean, they can, they can handle an injury to, uh, Devante Parker, which seems to happen every year and yeah. still be really, really good. Um, they drafted well, they have two young tight ends in, in, in Gusecki and they drafted Hunter long out of, out of BC. Uh, I, I mean, what we saw last year from the running back position in Gaskin and Ahmad Ahmed is, is just fine, gets the job done. Um, you know, he's healthy. He'll have two two good hips this year. Everybody loved him last year, and all of a sudden everybody's down on him this year. I I tend to think that he's one of those league, sneaky league winners wow. that doesn't nobody's talking about. Right. And may not be even be in the top, you know, 24 of some people's rankings that you can get for nothing in drafts in your last round of a 16-round draft and could be that surprise guy. So, you know, I, you know, there are lots of guys down there that I think could be good, but, you know, those are the three that I think really, because of the little bit of a running ability and the improvement 
of the weapons around them could really be top five guys if some things break right. I'll tell you who I know is no good and who I'm definitely not drafting is that Herbert fellow. That guy, I, I was, it was made very clear to me, that guy stinks. So I'm definitely not taking him in any leagues. For I, sure. I, I wouldn't touch him this year. <laughs> Sophomore slump is just—if you don't know—if you don't know—KZ was a, <laughs> he was a little bit wrong about Justin Herbert, just just a little bit. All right, um, uh, rankings and uh, a lot of content available right now. Pressboxonline.com at Fans Fantasy, of course, on Twitter is how you follow them. And starting on the twenty-sixth, we will have for you the Pressbox Fantasy Football Show. As KZ, again this season, will be joining us live in studio every Thursday morning at 11.30 a.m. to help you set your lineups. Brought to you by CCBC and Glory Days Grill. KZ, appreciate you, pal. Love you. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, man. Thanks. Ken Zalas, Pressbox Fantasy Football expert. Appreciate him hopping on with us here on GCR. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at you know you know I'm gonna give a plug for Stan the Fan. Stan the Fan had a great show on Monday night and another good show last night, but on Monday night it was really special as he and Ross Grimsley caught up with both Boog Pal and Rick Dempsey. Just a neat telling tales, sitting around talking shop type of uh, show. And then last night he and uh, Gary had a good conversation with longtime uh, NFL reporter Aaron Wilson, of course formerly of the Baltimore Sun. Now he's down in Houston. You can find those shows. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Click on the Videos tab or go to PressBoxOnline.com and check them out there. Always stand shows brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. We'll come back in. Young Utes. Uh, Jack will tell us what else is going on in the world. And then still to come this hour, Mickey Janis. A really neat story of uh, someone who continued his pursuit and finally made the major leagues at the age of 33. All that's coming your way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Here it Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. 
everybody, this is Chris Ruling at Great Eights Memorabilia. The Maryland State Fair is right around the corner, and we're going to be taking over with the largest Baltimore football signing in over three years. The Purple Takeover is coming to its Monium Fairgrounds for the massive Maryland State Fair from August 26th through Labor Day Monday. You'll have the chance to meet Pro Bowl tackle Ronnie Stanley, Hollywood Brown, first-round pick Odafe Away, Big Country Ben Cleveland, Hall of Famer Lenny Moore, and many, many more from your football team. Tickets are available at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's great, the number eight, smemorabilia.com. And remember, as always, be great. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover thomas kenzora profiles university of maryland quarterback talia tongavailoa and his chance to deliver the terps to big 10 prominence this year also inside bo smolka breaks down the ravens offense of love, a look at Coppin State's Olympic connection, and much more. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. Go ahead, uh, Zach. You're doing the read. I'm doing the read. Yes, That's that right. Was, That's yeah. right. I thought you were going to come out and do it. Okay. No. Make the most out of every day at a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. I don't remember what my team was last year. I was going to look to see who I'm using as my keepers, but I don't remember who was on my team last year. So never mind. Not going to do that. My Not team could use, time time could use some work. Could use some work. Uh, John from Little Rocks, uh, we were talking about the U.S. soccer goalie situation earlier. He says, I believe Burhalter will have to stick with a starter and not jockey guys around. It's dangerous to do that. Qualify first and then rotate guys. I get what he's saying is use the um, sort of like the exhibition games you would play between qualifying and the World Cup to do that. I I understand to an extent what you're saying, John, particularly because you're like you don't want to say that we're taking qualifying for granted, particularly remembering you failed to qualify the previous year. It is qualifying is a bit easier this year because of the sheer number of teams that are going to be in the World Cup. There's more spots available. I would also say, again, I think we know that not all qualifiers are made equal. I think there are ways that you can go about doing this um, and not put your team at risk. But I, I, I certainly understand the thought process. And, you know, you have to use a game that I also think you have to use a game that matters in order to um, get a look at your goalie. I don't think you can just use friendlies in order to do that because they're friendlies. I think you have to, if you've got a decision to make, I think you've got to use matches that matter a little bit. All right, it uh, it's that time. <laughs> 
know, this is not my best effort. <laughs> young Utes with Young Jack brought to you today by C3 American Exteriors. Don't <coughs> let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for your free analysis. Jack, what you got for us? Um, the first thing I have is um, we know that the SEC is kind of turning into this dominant mega mega conference. Oh, I think it's this, the only one. It at is. This point. I We're think pretty it's the much is. And, I, and, and there's a there's a chance that it gets a little little stronger with the with the likes of Clemson and Florida State who have been rumored to uh, potentially switch from the ACC to the SEC making it a 16-team, or I guess it would be an 18-team. Yes, team. It would be point. an 18-team Super League. And if it's kind of it's kind of tricky because you also have Notre Dame sitting there who's not really... Well, I mean, they continue to have no interest in joining in, a league. They right. don't want They kind of just want to be the independent per, the independent team they, who just They plays. have that, that NBC thing. Yeah. Although apparently the first game this year is only going to be on Peacock. Uh, what is up with Peacock these days? I mean, where they put, I, do, you guys, do you guys have a Peacock? I, no, I, don't. I do. I do. I do. Okay. Yes, no. I do. Um, and I enjoy Girls 5 ever. It's quite a good <laughs> show. But at some point I was planning on canceling Peacock if they yeah. did. I am. I, did I say that the gold medal game is also only going to be on Peacock? That I like. I thought that at least Maybe, that they would change be, that. Yeah. Um, I'm in a I'm in a weird place um, with this because what I really want is them just fast forward to the point where, like, just tell me what this is going to be. Right. Let's just skip through all of this nonsense and get to whatever it's going to be. No, is there going to be an SEC and a Big Ten? Is there going to be an SEC and a Pac-12? <clears throat> Are there going to be current power conference teams that are left out of the equation altogether? Like, the thought once upon a time was, at some point, college football would become the five power conferences separating from everybody else. Well, now it's starting to shape up like it ain't even going to be. one conference. It's, it's going to be, and they're going to be very choosy about, and like, at some point, they're going to say to Vanderbilt, sorry, you're out. Yeah. You're not one of us. V- Missouri, somebody like that. Yeah. Like, you know, you're, this is what we're trying to do here has gone past you. You're not part of this any longer. Kentucky football, sorry, you're no longer a part of this thing. I just want to get to wherever it's going to be instead of doing this dance for the next five to ten years. Um, I, I, I certainly understand the concept of we want to protect all the money. It's 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 blatant. It's 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 a brazen attempt to say we don't give a rat's ass about anything other than making the most money possible. It's the Super League. It's it's what they were attempting to do in Europe, and the fans revolted. And as I said at that moment, I made that comparison. I said they've been they're doing this in college football. It's coming. And the reason why I kind of loved European fans is I said then American fans won't do a damn thing about it. American fans will sit back and take it. And that's exactly what's going to happen here. We're going to sit back and watch as the top, whatever the number ends up being, 20 or 30 teams, all separate from the rest of college football. And we're just going to say, eh, okay, that's capitalism. That's the way that it works. We're not going to do an effing thing about it. And right now, the only people that have been like particularly hurt by it are Oklahoma State and Baylor and... Well, it's the remaining Big TCU, 12, the big and then eventually if Florida State and Clemson leave, then that's the rest of the ACC. Over the yeah, right? ACC like, I, no one's going to care. Miami is, somebody's going to want They'll Miami. have Miami, they'll have North Carolina, who are still 
probably top 15 they're brands, teams in the country, but they're, they're also relatively newer to like the dominance of college football. North Carolina's kind of been on the recent. Well, North Carolina's certainly not been dominant anyway, but Miami and Virginia Tech are, are blue. Last two years. Well, yeah, they, they've they've come on a yeah, little bit, yeah. yes, but they're not a a blue blood. Miami no, and Virginia Tech are blue blood programs yeah. no, that have been Miami, great for yeah. a long time, yeah. and we'll see what that ends up looking like. I I don't know. I don't have the answers, but the Super League is coming. Like at some point, yeah. they're just going to say, guys, we're not playing against. We're we're not sharing our money with programs that aren't on our level. The thing that we've done for years, where. We've played games, you know, like you can go play Northern Illinois in a non-conference game, or you can go play a, get a guaranteed win against Chattanooga or whatever it is you want <laughs> right. it to be. We're not doing that any longer. We're out. We Our money is staying here. We're not spreading it around to anybody else. We are keeping every ounce of our money, and no one in this country, I mean, I'd say no one, there will be people that will scream, what about tradition? But nobody that matters. There will be no revolt. There will be no one that stops it from happening. No, nobody that has a say in this Correct. has come out and said that it's a bad thing. Nope. Because it's in the long run of things, I mean, yeah, it does suck for the college football fan who, you know, is doesn't really have a shot at the national championship well, if it, that's it, their it, team, it, but they have a shot of maybe making a bowl game or making it, it uh, creates, the, the championship, the conference well, And it's the dream that you could. The, right. Like every year you go in, if you're a fan of one of the power conference programs, you go in with this dream that it could be some magical season that you put together. It's not going to happen. Let's make that very clear. It's not... But you can at least dream, right. if you're a fan of Illinois, that it's your magical year where everything comes together, you win a co- and all of a sudden you're in the college football playoff and you have a chance. As we know, that literally never happens at all. No, the, it the, is usually the four best teams. Well, it has been the four best teams. The, I can't even think of who the, the most surprising national champion has been. you got to go back to like 1990 when Georgia Tech <laughs> yeah. won a national championship to find a truly surprising national champion no, it doesn't like really it, there are football. no surprising national champions in college football there's no there hasn't even really been a story of a team getting close that was a there isn't even like a butler making the ncaa championship yeah, nah. game in college football that you can fall back to um but this is what's happening this is the way that it's going and we're just going to deal with we're, college foot and again we don't really care about college football in this area it's not a college football area but the sport as a whole is just gonna sit back and watch it occur and the only thing I can say is I just wish we would get there. I wish we wouldn't make this a 10-year drawn-out process to get there. Let's just fast-forward, decide what you want it to look like, and just, then let's go from there right. so we can accept the reality. What does that mean? Does it mean that Maryland is no longer part of the the biggest college football like competition? Does it mean, like, I, do the next— do the, well, yeah, you would think that does eventually. It, do the teams if, outside of the top 20 now compete for an NCAA championship? Does the NCAA retake responsibility and have a, a tournament to crown a national champion after the first, you know, that. Oh, so you're saying the SEC or whatever it would be called they, in the future. They peel off, thing, right? They yeah. peel off and they have their own Super League championship that they compete for only them. And then does the rest of college football. Do they welcome in some of the the one double A teams to compete for? Like I don't know what. At some point, I just want to know what it's going to look like, and I just don't want to take ten years for us to get there. Right. I'd rather us get there in a year. No, I agree. Next. Um. So the second thing I have is it's like a pretty cool story. It's been getting some attention as of the last like two or three days. It was uh, regards to the uh, the basketball tournament. It's like actually called the basketball. Yes, tournament. I'm, I'm yeah. familiar. Yeah. Um. So the 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 guy they use the Elam ending in the basketball tournament, which I love and should be in every level of basketball. Um, so the, uh, 
basketball. So the the championship I think happened yesterday or two yeah, days, the Syrac- days ago. On Tuesday yeah. night, the Syracuse team won. Yeah, the Bayheim Army or yes. whatever it was called. Um, and the guy who hit the game winning shot, Kiefer Sykes, has been a quite the journeyman in terms of his basketball career. Um, he's played on numerous NBA teams. He's been all over the world in many different uh, professional leagues overseas, and. He hit the game-winning shot at the game-winning three-pointer to uh, to win the basketball tournament, and then just a couple hours later, got a phone call from the Indiana Pacers saying that they had signed him to a uh, NBA contract and that he was going to partake in the uh, the NBA summer league. And which, try and which you know, it's all it's all a great story. I mean, the chance of this guy making Correct. it is a long Al- shot. Almost none. Yes. Kind of just brings attention to the Pacers and kind of brings their name to like the yeah, forefront of the NBA offseason for a little bit. But it's been a, it was a cool story. I mean, I'm rooting for this it's, guy. It's a real bummer. Uh, the basketball tournament's great. It's yeah, a bummer. No, it cool. It's a there's two things that are bummer. It's a bummer that the NBA season like dragged on so long this year that like none of us are really looking for more basketball. And it was <laughs> yeah. also happened to be happening at the same time as the Olympics. So. There just wasn't a year ago when the basketball tournament was the the only sport that was being played before baseball started. I was all in. I was watching every game. Yeah, I was there were a bunch of local guys that were involved. Yeah. And the best thing it does is use the Elam ending, which is it, it guarantees a game winning basket in every game. Um, even even games that aren't particularly close, you still have to hit a shot to end the game. You still get a sort of a walk off win. The Elam ending is phenomenal and should exist. In all of basketball, it is a big win. But yeah, it's it's a neat story. It's a neat little yeah. story, and hopefully he maybe makes the yeah. Team. And there's who knows, some, who knows right? right? Crazier things, I guess, have happened. Yeah. But there are lots of guys that like the summer league is literally a roster full of players for every team that might be that, competing right. for like two roster one spots. Or, yeah, one yes. or two spots for the entire team. So who knows? Maybe this guy will carry it carries uh, momentum on. So be a neat story. Yeah, no doubt. It'd be cool. Um, and then the third thing that I have is, so I haven't actually watched any of this because it's all on Peacock, but it, uh, Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart have been doing a little, little. We were fun talking segment. about this. We were talking about this with Dash the other day. Yeah. yeah. So it's been it's funny. They there was a viral video of them just uh, talking about the equestrian. Well, the horse the, dancing is the silliest thing that exists in the Olympics. I uh, like what what is that? Well, that I, how one, is that a sport? Well, I don't know what it is. What, it, what is that? Yeah. I was it's just it's, say. it's it's an, it's literally an event that like it's not called horse dancing, but that's what it is. Yeah. It's horse dancing. <laughs> I don't know uh, how you train. And, and somehow the person who's on the horse gets credited with doing something. For, for the intro last night, I was trying to figure out what the lamest Olympic sport was. I came up with, like, canoe uh, splitting well, or something like that. I don't even seems, know what that is. Everybody seems to think it's race walking. Ho- ho- oh, that's a thing, too? Yeah, race oh walking. Oh, my God. Is, wow. Is, I can become a race <laughs> walker, right? Like, <laughs> I, I, I can win a gold I mean, There's been a lot of race walking chatter on this show in the last couple of weeks. Um, it is amazing when you think about things that aren't Olympic sports, right? Like bowling is not an Olympic sport. And I'm not trying to tell you it that, really that like, be, though. bowlers are the greatest athletes in the world, but like it is a defined sport. Like we know it to be a sport that has existed. Right. There's NCAA championships for bowling that like yeah. why bowling or pickleball or racquetball racquetball, which is a very popular sport all over the globe. Squash is not yeah, squash, right? Is not an Olympic sport. Beats me. I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. Cricket, one of the most popular yeah, sports in the yeah, world. Yeah, cricket is it not an Olympic sport. Think. What's that? Do we have another? No, it would not help us. Yeah, it would yeah, not yeah. Behoove the Americans. <laughs> we would, yeah, we that's would, like India. But like they've really made a lot of sports. Like beach volleyball was put in place basically for us. No, that right? yeah, that's like, true. We yeah. don't always win. <laughs> although the uh, the girls will be playing for the gold medal tonight in beach volleyball, the guys did not medal. 
Um, like we don't always win, but it definitely when it was created, the idea was like we were gonna have a leg up in the beach volleyball competitions right, moving just forward. An extra gold medal but you think her. about a lot of these things that aren't sports, like aren't Olympic sports, and you're like, why wouldn't that be an Olympic sport? Yeah. Dash brought up darts the other day, which in other countries, like they pack arenas for darts competitions. It's not a big deal here. Here it's just a bar yeah, game. Yeah. But in Britain, in Scotland, and I like they pack arenas and prime time network broadcasts for the biggest darts competitions. That's got to be electric though. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. It never explodes when someone like, it's everything you know, it's, it's dead silent. Somebody throws their three darts, they get everything they need and the place loses. I, I kind of want to go. Yes. Like it is incredibly electric. And yet we have horse dancing. Right. Horse dancing is an Olympic competition. I need to go see this now. I'm actually I don't even very interested. Olympic. Hang on a second. I gotta tell you what it's actually called. It's. Uh, I mean, it, it's so it's like actually horses just kind of running around. Well, there's like, like a doing there's mo- like a soundtrack to everything. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's like it's like figure skating for horses. Yeah. Essentially. Dressage. <laughs> yeah. Dressage mm. is what it's actually called. Sounds like a fake but sport. But it's. One thousand percent, just horse dancing. Yeah, that's yeah. all it is. There's music. There's it's. That's all you're doing is just taking your horse out there to dance. And somehow, despite the fact that it's clearly the horse that has the skill, they give the person the medal anyway. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that seems. I've, I stood smart. by this. There should be no horse sport where the person gets the medal. It's the. Yeah. They should get like a little side side token or something. Yeah, I, something I, I guess like, like sure. not, not falling off is the accomplishment, right? I mean, that would be, I'm but assuming... Like, when, when, when a horse wins the Kentucky Derby, the horse wins. Right, we, don't right. just say, we don't say Mike Smith is your Kentucky Derby <laughs> Mike, winner. Mike Richards, actually. Yeah, Mike Richards, yes, from Jeopardy. We say Mike Smith was the rider of the Kentucky Derby winner yeah. whose name, you know, was whatever the name of the horse was. That's the way that we go about doing it. Uh, when a horse, It's insane that we give people these medals when, like, they just might have happened to have been the best horse that they exactly. happened to ride in that race. Exactly. And, Nuts. And, or in this, the, the dancing competition. Right. The and best it, horse dancer. In, in the uh in the video clip that was uh, that kind of went viral with Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart, they're like they're like, Well, how how the hell you get these horses here? It's like what airline did these got these horses? That's also all a good fly? question. Did they? Yeah, and right? you see that there's a, a guy who's behind the camera who just like kind of blurts out, like, Oh, they fly Emirates to get here and then it's like, Oh, seriously, like Emirates kind of expensive. Like, what are the guy what what are the, the players fly? And then uh, another producer said, like, Oh, some people took Southwest <laughs> to get here. <laughs> and it's and it's like yeah, because well, the horses are the real athletes. <laughs> right, correct. Exactly. The horses are the actual athletes. So. That's the. By the way, also, at what point in your life do you realize your horse can dance? Like, at what point <laughs> right. are you like, you know, we might have something here. This horse yeah. can dance a little bit. I better become an Olympic dressagist, <laughs> whatever it is. Right. All right, Jack. Good job, buddy. Appreciate it. That was uh, Young Utes. Uh, Jack does that for us every day. Today's show also brought to you by the Print Issue Press Box, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. Read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. On the cover, Talia Tungavailoa, University of Maryland quarterback. Pick it up today. Joining us now um, from the Norfolk Tides, this man, awesome story. A little bit earlier on this season, his journey finally led him to the major leagues at the age of 33. He is a knuckleballer. He's Mickey Janice, and he joins us now here on GCR. Mickey, it's Glenn and Zach in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, dude. Mickey, can you like put into words what this year has been like for you? And I, you know, I know you'd rather still be at the major league level, I'm sure, at this point. But like everything that you've put into living out this dream, um, was it worth it? I guess is the dumb guy question and the dumb guy way of asking it. <laughs> uh, absolutely, it was. Um, 
Yeah, I know. You can't really put into words like the the feeling of when I got the call to go up there and, you know, getting that opportunity to pitch and so far spending a couple of days up there, you know, it was just a dream come true and really just hard to, it's been hard to explain to people like the feeling of, of being up there. No, I can only imagine, right? Like, you, you know, you've been at it for so long. Mickey, was there ever a point where, you know, you, you had decided in your life that it was over? Like, you know, I, you know, I, I gave it, a, I gave it a go, but it wasn't going to happen. Like, did you ever have a moment like that? Not just of doubt, where like you had, had cleanly decided it's, it's over. It's not worth continuing to try to pursue this. Um, not, not really like a full moment, but it was kind of like, I think it was going into 2015. I was still in independent baseball, and I had conversations with my parents, and I was just like, listen, I haven't really gotten a look from any major league organizations while I've been doing this. And uh, it was just kind of like, you know, this might be my last year if I don't get a look because it's like, if I'm not going to get a look, like what's the, you know, what am I doing? But I, I really truly felt that I always could pitch in the major leagues, which is why I kept pursuing it. You know, I, obviously I love the game and stuff like that, but the reason I was playing was because I be- truly believed that I could pitch in the major league and, you know, throw a knuckleball at the major league level. So, to me, that's why I kept going. And, you know, like I said, it was just kind of like, you know, if nothing happens this year, this might be my last year, depending on, like, how it goes. And then I ended up getting picked up by the Mets that year. And Yeah. I'm going from there. The Baltimore Orioles, by the way, are, are quite a distant way away from the Southern Maryland uh, Blue Crabs, right? Like, <laughs> geographically not that far away. But in the baseball world, quite a bit far away. Uh, those two places. Mickey Janice is with us in the Norfolk Tides here on GCR. Mickey, a lot of times when I have pitchers on, I'll ask something silly like, hey, what, what's the fastest you've ever clocked yourself? Like, what's the, you know, what, what's the crazy? I just decided to, to wing it one day to see what it is. I, I want to go the exact opposite with you. What's the, what's the slowest number that you've ever, like, seen <laughs> on a gun where you're like, holy crap, is that, is that right? Like, what's the number... That in and I guess it would have to be in a real game because you could obviously just lob the ball at some point in order to decide. But in a in an actual game, what's the slowest number that you've ever registered for a pitch? I think the slowest I've ever gotten my knuckleball down to is about sixty two or sixty three okay. miles an hour. Okay. So um, every once in a while I'm getting it into like the sixty four, sixty five, but that sixty three area is like the slowest I think I've ever seen. What is the ideal? Like, what's the number for a knuckleballer where, like, you want it to be right around there? You know, I don't think there really is a number where okay. you, you try and shoot for velocity-wise. For me, um, it's just always been taking spin off the ball. Like, you just don't want the ball to spin. So, um, whether that's 62 miles an hour or 84 miles an hour, um, you know, it's just taking spin off the ball. And so... You know, my natural my natural knuckleball is probably more um, like 76 to 78 miles an hour. That's probably my most consistent speed um, where I feel like I could, you know, really fill up the strike zone with it at that speed. And then, you know, depending on the counts and how the hitter's doing me, that's when I change speeds with it from, like I said, anywhere from 63, 64 to 84. I mean, it's a, it's a wild it, – it seems like a wide gap, right? But, like, I guess because of the nature of the pitch, like, that, is a 64-mile-an-hour knuckleball, like, drastically different than an 84-mile-an-hour knuckleball? Yeah, I mean, 
the because it has more time on the way to the plate, it gives it more time to move. And then obviously the speed change. It's it's kind of like watching when like Zach Greinke flips his little sixty yeah, sixty sure. five mile an hour curveball in there, and you yeah. just see the hitter's reaction like, what? Oh, 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 there <laughs> now it comes in, and you're right. like, oh, too late because it was it just fooled them so much. Um, so yeah, mixing that in is is a big part sometimes, and you know, especially if guys are taking really good swings at. 78 mile an hour knuckleball I'm like all right I gotta change something up just to keep them off balance so it is a little bit of of pitching with it as well. Mickey as far as development goes uh, you come into this organization and the Orioles are prioritizing analytics and all of the data uh, that goes into pitching and hitting and all of that there's so much that goes into all this but you look at your, your knuckleball and your profile as a pitcher, and it's pretty much different than any other pitcher the Orioles have in their organization right now. So how did they cater their data and all of the different things to do with analytics towards your style of pitching compared to someone you know who throws 97 or 98? Honestly, with the analytics, you kind of got to just throw it out the window because there's no... Right, you're doing something like, so different. You know, with the, yeah, with, with the knuckleball, it's so unpredictable where you throw one and it you know, you look at the, like, movement on it, and it's, like, horizontal movement. Um, you know, it moves like a slider one pitch, and then the next pitch it moves like a curveball. So it, there really is no true movement with it, and that's what makes it so special is, like, you really can't track it. Um, the biggest thing for me has been, like, edutronic videos and, like, my bullpen, just trying to make sure my hand's in the right position and I'm getting the right rotation um, on release in my bullpen so that way – you know, I have somewhat of a feel when I go into a game like, hey, you know, I've been throwing it well this week or I needed to tweak this. You know, kind of that that feel for me has helped out a lot. So the Orioles with their, their electronic cameras has helped. And then because, um, yeah, with the analytics, it's basically you throw it out the window because you really can't predict um, how it's going to do against the hitter because it, it's, it's really just an eye test pitch because, you can throw one that has zero rotation and you're like, man, that one felt really good coming out. And then the guy crushes it. And then you throw one where like, you know, as soon as you let go and you're like, uh Oh, and then he freezes and takes yeah. strike three and you're like, all right, you know, whatever <laughs> right. works. But, so it's just, it's just so unpredictable that you can't really track it. And there's nothing really, there's analytics doesn't really know what to do with it in a way. No, I totally get that, right? Like, it's just, it's such a different world. Mickey Janice is with us. The Norfolk Tides are back home for six games starting next Tuesday night. Go to NorfolkTides.com in order to get your tickets. If you're headed down to that area, maybe the Virginia Beach area, check out the Tides while you're down there. Um, Mickey, a, a couple things with that in mind. One, like, with that video that the rest of us, like, completely lost, like, like peed ourselves watching from spring training, uh, the slow-mo video of the ball stopping, was that as cool for you, or are you like, no, I've 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 watched that a billion times. That's like I I I know what that's that's what that looks like. Or did you panic when you saw it the way like we all thought that was like the most masterful thing that we've ever seen in our entire lives? <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, like I don't really, I can't really see the rotation when I let go of the pitch, so I don't really know how it's moving. Some days, obviously, you know, you get the hitter's reaction or the catcher missing it, you're kind of like, oh, that was probably a good one, but. <laughs> You know, I mean, it was it was definitely kind of cool to see that in, like, a live game. That's something I've never really been able to see, like, in a game before. But, um, but yeah, it was, uh, it, was pre- it was pretty crazy how it happened. I mean, my phone was blown up for, like, four days after that. 
it was art, man. Like it was freaking art. Yeah. The ball doesn't move. Like it's just the wildest thing you'll ever see, man. It was so cool. And, and then give me your background, just like I, because I, I don't know this story. At what point in your life, like, did did you decide that knuckleball was the thing for you, and and why? Like, what was the background for you with throwing a knuckleball at 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 any point in your life? Yeah. So when I was when I was like 12 or 13 years old, I watched a special on Tim Wakefield and um, I was, I've messed around with the knuckleball, like pulling around like uh, 12 and 13 and I had like a decent one. And then I watched this special on Tim Wakefield and they showed his grip and it was two fingers. And I used to throw it with three when I was that age. So I like went out the next day at like my little league practice or Babe Ruth practice, whatever it was. And I just, gripped it with two fingers and just like ripped it as hard as I could. And next thing you know, like the guy wasn't catching it, hit one in, in his arm and stuff. And I was like, Oh, this is kind of cool. Like I'll, I'll keep throwing this. Like, so every day, every day, like every day I play baseball at practice, you know, it's like catch. And then the last 10 throws are all knuckleballs, like as hard as I can. And, and then, uh, you know, kind of kept that all the way through into college and even messing around with it in pro ball. And then, in 2011, I got released by the Rays, and I was a sinker slider pitcher when I got drafted, and I had two decent years with them, but they were both in short season, and just kind of told myself when I got released, I'm like, well, shoot, you know, I'm throwing 88 to 92, just like the average righty, right. five foot ten, like, let's let's do something that's different. So, like I said, I still felt like I could, you know, help major league team one day and I just said like you know let's let's give this a shot let's do something different than everybody else is doing and you know that was kind of when R.A. Dickey was at the top of his game you know he won the Cy Young I think in 2012 and that was my first year in indie ball so it's kind of weird how we both like he took off as you know first knuckleballer to win the Cy Young and all that and I was kind of like well shoot if he's having this success with it I'm watching myself. I'm like, well, I'm throwing my knuckleball the same speed he's throwing his. Like, maybe with him doing this, it'll open up people's eyes. You know, if they see me. It'd be like a renaissance of knuckleballers or something like that. So I I just kind of took that and I was like, you know, I want to do something different. Everybody else is trying to throw the ball 103 miles an hour. I'm going to just try and throw the knuckleball, you know, and see what happens. Was there anyone that attempted to dissuade you from it? Like, was there anybody? So, like, when you when you got to Camden Yards to make your debut, was there anyone that you felt like sending a, a picture to? Did you just say, "Hey, yeah, yeah, remember, remember what you said back"? <laughs> like, did you have any of that? Any of those feelings or anybody yeah. that you wanted uh, to reach out to? <laughs> the first the first year of indie ball was kind of rough because I really didn't know what I was doing with it. I was just going on the mound, and I'm just like, I'm just gonna throw it as hard as I can. I have no idea where it's going. I don't know how it's gonna move. And, <laughs> And the thing with independent ball is, like, it's all about winning. So you're not like, oh, I'm trying to develop this guy in three years to be our ace. You know, it's like, no, we need to win now. Like, the manager is, like, the GM slash manager, and he's putting the team together, and he's, like, playing for his job. So if he doesn't win, you know, they're going to get new players or, you know, they're going to find a new manager, basically. And, you know, so I struggled that first year in 2012. actually got moved back to the bullpen. And I had to pretty much get rid of the knuckleball because I basically had to save my job in independent ball. Um, And then the following year, um, I got a new coach. And he was like, I heard you're trying to throw a knuckleball. Like, 
I'll let you throw it. Like, just do what you got to do with it. And then through that year, had a decent year. And then I went to Australia to play winter ball. And that's kind of like when it took off because I became a starting pitcher and was able to throw it more because I was out of the bullpen at first. And, you know, you're coming in runners on base. You're trying to throw strikes. You're trying to get the guys out. You know, so many different factors were adding into it. That sure. Made it a little bit diff- difficult at times. But um, just that first year was really just a, a tough transition. And then it turns out like that, that coach I had told one of um, my friends that was a coach, and he's like, well, if Mickey wants to throw in the knuckleball, he can go home and throw it. Like, I don't want to have to deal with it. Wow. So wow. That was, that was kind of the one guy that yeah. he, he let me throw it at first, but once he saw that, I was like, you know, like I said, I was struggling with it because I really didn't know what it was. Um, so that was kind of like the one guy. And then here and there, you know, you have different coaches telling you different things, trying to help you out. But in the end, it was just kind of like, just kind of like trial and error on my own so yeah i'm 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 petty there would definitely be a how you like me now that would come that way if i made the major leagues i'm that kind of petty and with that in mind because you know we'll let you go here in a minute mickey you know you you are you know you get sent back down and i know that your debut probably didn't go the way that you wanted it to go in the major leagues but but you're not you know somebody might say you know hey i made it right i'm i, I can walk away now like this is what i was grinding for the, the idea that you're going to keep, that you're still willing to go back down to the minor league level at this age and continue to do this and, and continue to pursue, where, where does that come from? And again, dumb guy question, why? why? Why not just say, hey, I did it, I accomplished it, I proved everybody wrong, I made it, I don't need to prove anything any longer? I mean, I don't think that's what it's about for me. You know, I think for me or any other pitcher, really, I mean, you want to get there and you want to stick. And, you know, as a competitor and as an athlete, as a baseball player, you know, you you always view yourself as being successful in the major leagues. That's why I think you're doing it. And the, you know, as much as you love the game, you really want to make the major leagues and be successful and help any team that you can. So, you know, I think it's just, just part of it. And, you know, and, you know, I love the game and I, I still feel like I can be successful up there. So, you know, I think it's just uh, just getting the opportunities again. And, you know, I got the one opportunity. It wasn't my best knuckleball on that day. But, you know, talking to, you know, the guys when I got sent down and the coaches and front office and, you know, they, they said, like, another opportunity should come. Like, just keep doing your thing. Like, yeah. you know, keep at it down there and, you know, another opportunity will come. So, you know, I – I just hope it doesn't take 12 years again. But, you know, just, <laughs> hey. Well, hell, I mean, a, it's, it's, there, there have the been process, knuck- wait a second but, though, but there have been knuckleballers that have pitched to close to 50 in the past. Those guys have yeah. existed. Have you like? Are, 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 I mean, are, would, would you keep going? Like, are you the type that says, "I I'll keep going. I'll keep going past"? If I clearly the losing velocity is not the concern at this point. <laughs> like, that's yeah, not making. I mean, difference. I don't. I don't know how long I would I would grind it out in the minor league for, but you know, as long as. Uh, you know, my wife and my wife and family support me, so I think uh, as long as I have their support and still feel like I can pitch in the major leagues, you know, awesome. I think I, I can keep going for for 
for longer. That's awesome, man. Mickey Janice, uh, awesome story, dude. And we're, we're thrilled uh, that you were able to get there, and we're looking forward to having you back. In the meantime, continue to want to see people go down and support you with the tides. I know it's at Mickey Janice on Twitter. Are you on Instagram as well? Yeah, it's the, it's the same on both. Okay, so give him a follow there as well on Instagram um, and at Mickey Janice. Mickey, congratulations, man. Looking forward to seeing uh, you back up here before too long. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. We'd love to chat with you again down the road. All right, awesome. Thanks for having me. Mickey Janice of the Norfolk Tides, the uh, the knuckleballer. Great story. I mean, really, you know, that's a that's a, that's a lifelong uh, baseball dream. Um, you know, you keep grinding, you keep pursuing, you keep uh, getting after it, and uh one day um, you get there. You get there at the age of uh, 33, and and it's all the all everything, all of that work that you put in uh, makes it all worth it, and that's what's awesome. So, appreciate Mick Janice taking the time for us this morning and uh, telling us a, a great baseball story. Really, really cool. Today's show also brought to you today by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. We'll come back in, get a tidbit, get tubular to wrap it up. We got one more break to take. That's it. And then we'll wrap things up for a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Glory Days Grill's popular summer seasonal menu is back with favorites like their Very Berry Salad and Smoky Thigh Wings. It also features the all-new shrimp po' boy, crispy fried shrimp on a freshly baked sub roll with lettuce, tomato, and a house-made spicy remoulade. Other delicious items include a 12-ounce New York strip steak, the barbecue chicken bowl, barbecue ribs, and Smoky Thigh Wings combo platter, zucchini fries, and a key lime pie. All of these meals pair well with Sam Adams Summer Ale, or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. Glory Days Grill is hiring all positions. Want to work for a great family-oriented company known for their commitment to the community? Stop into one of their restaurants and speak with a manager. Management opportunities are available. The Olympics start soon. Stop in and watch the games at Glory Days Grill. Every child who dines at one of their restaurants during the Olympic Games will receive a gold medal. Find out more by going to glorydaysgrill.com. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and side specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host Zach Goodman every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash the bat around or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms 
but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world. Because Royal Farms' new Swiss-made coffee machines grind those rich, flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time. It's why Royal Farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. I still think you're smart to bet the over. That's my guess, is I still think you're smart to bet the over, because not everybody catches the ball. It's a real a bit of an issue. What's the weather? Hang on, Jack. Yeah. I got I to gotta unmute. Yeah, yeah, Jack, right, there, go we go. Go there we go. There we go. You're, go you're already to go. One, one hit, and it's four runs. Easy. So what's the weather supposed to be like tonight? That it's is supposed to be like kickball playoffs for context. Yeah, big, big kickball, <laughs> kickball playoffs. This is important. Big oh, where, where, do you, where do you play? Like, how's this all in work? Be- we play up in Bel Air at Cedar okay. Lane Park. Oh, yeah, Cedar Lane. Sure, I've been there a million times. Um, and uh, I've been playing there for like 12 years now. It's a nice spot, actually. Pretty nice, pretty nice spot. It's a, it's a lovely little area. Yeah. It's a lovely. It's a hall, but everywhere is a hall from where I live. Um, as long as the weather is all right, it's going to be 85 and sunny. See, that's so, that's perfect. So we should be catching the ball tonight. Right. So no excuses. So it's it's not a guarantee that the over hits. Oh, oh Jack, it's are you in this not, league too? No, no, no. Okay, I was asking Man. what his bet was because I assume everybody's betting uh, Thursday night. Got it. Yes, of course. It's the playoffs, dude. Fandle's got to go on. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. There should be no excuses for not catching the ball tonight. I did have a. I hate. We always. One of our girls always plays second base, and the girls on our team have a varying interest in how much they're willing to do, mm-hmm. right? Like some of them, if if I were to step in front of them to try to catch a ball, they would they would punch me, like <laughs> they would be furious. Okay, some of them, like you better damn well be coming over to catch this ball. So I guess you have to kind of learn that, like the first yes, day. You you're like, get all right, so she's not well, going to we, play. We've, <laughs> known, them. we've <laughs> yeah. known them for a long time, so you sort of have a sense yeah. for it. Um, and so last week I was playing first because you always want to have somebody who can catch the ball at first base mm-hmm. for like those throws over from third. Yeah. So I was playing first and there was a, like a, that sort of a tweener ball that was going to go between second and right center field. And so I'm racing over from first and like calling off the second baseman because I knew who it was. It was one of the girls that really was not interested in this. And so I'm like, I got it, and then I dropped it. Oh. Now, Oof. now Oof. the only thing I'll give you is that like it had rained earlier in the day, so the ball was a little bit wet, but like it was still a particularly bad look because I had raced. Like I was on a dart out into right center field from first base, and I got there, and I absolutely should have caught the ball. It was an over the shoulder thing, but like I, there's no excuse. It was it was a bad. Look. So what's like the correct look. way to throw a kickball? Are you throwing it like overhand, just like regular? Yeah, just like I mean, if you can palm it, but it's tough, mm, man. Yeah, like yeah. I can't. I I've got. I'm like Donald Trump. You, I got <laughs> I got these tiny ass hands. You can do you these know, like, like you know. You can do like a chest pass, like a basketball. So that's why like, that's why I don't play third. Just push, just push it. Yeah, it's not going to go every, very far. Every now and then, like, can you play third base? I'm like, you got to have somebody who can palm. And that's the same distance as in baseball, which is far. Like that's that's a far throw. You got it. You got to be able to palm the ball to yeah. play third base. I don't even like playing shortstop, except you sort of you sort of accept at some point that like if a dude grounds the ball to the shortstop, you're not 
you're not throwing him out. Like you're just nah. not. Like it's not happening. Almost like if, if you got to play in on the grass to even have a possibility at that. Correct. And then you leave a ton of space because the outfielders yeah. also aren't allowed to come in. There's a cone like where they're allowed to play. <laughs> so you don't want to leave a ton of space for like the ball to be popped Rules. in. So yeah, it's just a it's just a whole thing. But yeah, that's we needed to break that down. I figured it was very important. Everybody was thinking about that today. It was probably the most important topic that we would discuss on the I'm program. I'm looking today. forward to hearing who wins tonight's tonight's kickball playoffs. I think we'll get because this isn't the the championship maybe next week. I think we get through tonight. I think it's the first two rounds of the playoffs tonight and then the semifinals and finals next week. I think we get through tonight. I think we're alive going next week. I don't think we win the championship. We've had a it's also what? summer's the roughest because everybody's on vacation. <laughs> yeah. Right. So true. like I don't even remember who's on our team half the time. Mm. I miss two weeks in there. Everybody else is like there's so many not much missed time. It just really depends on who's on vacation this week and who's not on vacation this week. Um so that's really what the summer ends up being about. I I, I like our team, but I don't I don't know if we're championship material. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find that out. But thank you for asking. It was very important. <laughs> I'm very, very interested. important stuff, Zach. All right. Uh, winding down from uh, the Press Box Studios, Glenn Clark Radio. Today's show also brought to you by the BMW Championship, which is coming. The top 70 golfers on the PGA Tour will be in Baltimore to compete in the 2021 BMW Championship at Caves Valley Golf Club. Secure your tickets at BMWChampionship.com. But wait! There's more as we are giving away tickets to the BMW Championship. You can go right now to pressboxonline.com slash contests. Pressboxonline.com slash contests. All you got to do is give us your name, your date of birth, so we know you're you know able to win. We can't we can't have a four-year-old winning the contest. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't register oh, your four-year-old to win no. the contest. Uh, your email, your zip code. That's what you got to do. Put that information in. One grand prize winner will receive two 1899 club passes. Ooh. The 1899 club, you might be asking. Sounds well, what, fire. What exactly is that? Well, I was hoping that you would ask. It's an all-inclusive hospitality venue located on the par 4 11th hole. Tickets include access to the tournament grounds, so you can walk around, but then you can go over to the 1899 Club, hang out there with unlimited food, beer, wine, and soft drinks. All the Mountain Dew you could ask for. You can get loaded on Mountain Dew, or beer if you'd like, but you can get loaded on Mountain Dew over in the 1899 Club, plus stadium-style seating, and a shaded area are available. It's probably going to be warm from August 24th, 29th. Of course, the winter... Uh, for the 1899 Club, it'll be the Friday, August 27th. So all the players we play, and nobody will be cut by that point. Whoever your favorite player is, you'll be able to watch him that day. And it'll throw in a parking pass on top of that. And, you know, considering this is caves, understand it's not a place that has, you know, 10,000 parking spots available to us. So that's quite, quite good. So you can register to win that. If you don't win that, you could still win four. Four of you will win a runner-up prize, a first prize, which is two grounds tickets for any one day of the tournament. So you can go and follow around your favorite player or hang out at the 18th, whatever you want to do during the course of the tournament with those grounds passes. All you got to do is go to pressboxonline.com contests, sign up to win there, and you could be hanging out at Caves Valley for the BMW Championship for free thanks to your friends right here at Pressbox. You're welcome. Go sign up today. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is yes. br- brought yes. to you. Let me do. Let me give the sponsor. Tidbit brought to you by Window Nation. 
Uh, 50% off all styles of windows. No money down. No payments. No interest for two full years. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. Zach, what you got? All right. I had to go to talk about Cedric Mullins this week because I think Cedric Mullins is just remarkable. so unbelievably remarkable. I had some, like you said. I mean, you, you alluded earlier. I spent my day. I didn't spend, talk about it all. I spent my day at the City Open yesterday down in yes, D.C. Yes. Like a dope. I forgot that my 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 assistant, my uh, my best friend from Arizona, was going to be in town last night, mm. and so he messaged me on Tuesday. He's like, or on Monday, I think it was. He's like, "Hey, bro, we're uh, we're gonna have dinner together on on Wednesday, right?" I'm like, oh, "You son of a bitch, Rafael Nadal is playing at the City <laughs> Open on Wednesday night," and so I am the only guy on the planet that went to the City Open yesterday and left. Right as Rafael Nadal's match was starting, mm. I that's unfortunate. Left, yeah, it sucks for me. And by the way, I was really nervous. He nearly lost. He was down a break in the third to Jack Sock. Thankfully, he rallied. My only saving grace is I'm going to be back down there tomorrow. So I hope that it'll work out. That I'll be able to see him tomorrow night. But the point being, I ended up at uh, Jimmy's last night. It was right because that's where we go, right? And uh, hanging out with my buddy, and and he and a friend of his were in town, and they were. He was complaining because he's a Dodgers fan, and I was like, well, first of all, I hate you. I'm sorry. That's the way it goes <laughs> now. It's just the nature of. And then he said, and for whatever reason, the games aren't this week, and I don't even remember who they're playing. The Giants, is that who they're playing this week? Sure. It's, a, it's whatever. Know. It's a series that matters. He's like, they're not on national TV here. I wasn't mm-hmm. able to watch it in my room last night. I'm like, what a first world problem. Imagine being an Orioles fan who lives in another market. Your games are never, I, never I can't even television. tell you how many times I've watched the Orioles on vacations. Well, I mean, too many. Too many. How, though? Like, are oh, you a- yeah. So you, you get, like, if you if you have cable. I don't know if you do. A lot of people yeah. don't anymore. But um, I have Fios. They have an app. You can just watch right through, you know, an, an oh, iPad you can, or something. Oh, you can send it to your... Correct. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah. Like, they have an app, so you can right. just watch so it on sort there. sort of like the old Sling TV concept. Done it, like, a billion times. I know that, didn't know that was an option. Uh, I I do. I don't have cable. I have the uh, satellite, okay. unfortunately. Uh, in my Where I live in rural Baltimore County, there is no cable option, unfortunately, Ooh, for us. There's no internet, either. It's a, it's a wild world. Anyway, so the point being... Uh, I said, and they, they sort of laughed, and they were like, well, yeah, but it's the Orioles. And I said, I just have a question for you. How many Orioles could you name? Because mm-hmm. they're both baseball fans. They're both, uh, one's a Dodgers fan, one's a Diamondbacks fan. I'm like, how many Baltimore Orioles players could you name right now? Mm. And they both look at me, <sighs> and they realize the answer is none. Seriously? Now, finally, uh, not my buddy. Well, my buddy my buddy came up with Trey Mancini, finally. I was going to say, like, I mean, that like, would be. It's like, right, he was in the home run derby, yeah. Trey Mancini. And then they both look at me and they're like, "Didn't they have another All Star too?" And I was like, "They did. You're right about that. They the, had the only All Star, the yeah, only fact, one. They, they, everybody thinks that Trey, that uh, Trey was an All Star yeah, too. Yeah. Um, and like they did, they couldn't name between the two of them. One of them could name one Baltimore Oriole. It That's kind of upsetting to me. I, I feel like John Means is well known too enough. Where think, or like, Matt maybe, Harvey? And Matt Harvey's a very well. known I think guy. people. He's a well known guy, but I think people have like unless you're following the Orioles, I don't think people remember where. True. There's lots of guys who used to be good that bounce around at the end of their careers, true. and you utterly forget where they are. Like Cole Hamels now being a Dodger. He is a Dodger now. Yeah, that's true. 100. percent All right, Cedric Mullins. Um, I want to talk about the categories that he is top ten in the American I just said, League. I mean, you realize yeah. one of the best players in all of baseball. Yeah, he, he, the Orioles legitimately has, and I'm gonna I'm gonna prove it here. Average on-base percentage, slugging percentage, OPS, games played, at-bats, war, plate appearances, hits, total bases, doubles, triples, runs created, OPS plus, singles, 
doubles, triples, and much more. That's um, all right here, right now. That right. When Driner's driving right. drives. <laughs> <laughs> much, much more that he is in a top ten category for. I but always wait for an opportunity. That's a joke that I want to <laughs> make more often, and I'm really glad I got. Something. I just said much more. Yeah, I really. It's, it's a good one. I, I'm, I'm not really gonna, glad I got something out of Jack. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It made it worthwhile <laughs> for me to do that. I'm glad you that I got it. at least a little bit of a reaction from Jack. But Cedric Whenever Mullins, people start listing things, I always want to jump in with that <laughs> just to see how it goes. But Cedric Mullins in top ten of all of those categories in the American League. This is a guy who was demoted twice to Bowie two years ago. Um, a guy that was not a top ten round draft pick and a guy that never even cracked the top 100 prospect list and is now top ten in all those categories. I just think that's amazing and we I, have I to talk, talk about, about it more. I talk about this. You know, we were, When we talk about where the Orioles are with the reload, we did a Would You Rather Wednesday yesterday, uh, Zach, that was Would You Rather... I actually did see this. Okay, $1,000 on the Orioles to win one of the next yes. 10 World Series or $1,000 on the United States to win one of the next 10 World Cups. So 40 years one way, 10 years the other way, right? That was the Would You Rather Wednesday scenario. And, and, and imagine they're the same odds. So like it's 1000 to win 10000 whatever it is, for okay. either one. Which way would you rather bet your $1,000? I think I'll bet on the Orioles. See, I, 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 the U.S. men's national team has been so bad I, for I, so long. But I'm, I'm counting um, on the world could change in 40 years, whereas yeah, I don't think the world true. is changing in 10 years. That I mean, was the reason why. If, if they're able to, to duplicate Pulisic a couple hundred times, then maybe they'll have players for the, you know, the next 40 years or whatever. But I don't know. Unless they can do that, I'm not sure the U.S. men are ever going ever gonna to pull but, that out. But when I said it, I brought up like... I, well, I think the Orioles have a couple of pieces. Mm-hmm. We have to be realistic about it. As excited yeah, as years, we are, yeah. as excited we are about Adley Rutschman and Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall, the thought isn't that they have ten surefire guys. They have three surefire guys and a bunch of guys that we think something about. And when I say that, people think I'm disparaging them. And I always make this clear. Yeah. Any, you can become Cedric Mullins. You can become Trey Mancini. You can become John Means. You can become right. a guy that was completely under the radar that became special. It's just that in making a judgment, I can't assume that. I can't assume that these players are that Hudson Haskin, who's probably more thought of, frankly, than even you know some of those guys were at one point. Sure. I can't assume that Hudson Haskin is going to become Cedric Mullins at some point down the road, or Adam right. Jones, whatever you want to call it. I can't make that assumption when I'm I'm evaluating an organization. Hopefully, I hope. I, you know, I, nobody would have saw, seen it coming with Cedric Mullins for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think it's. I, I think it's definitely a talking point. Something people should talk more about, just based on the fact that this guy yes. is, you know, second in WAR in the yes, entire major really leagues. Really remarkable. And it's it's incredible. really remarkable. Um, I do want to move on to trivia. If you're ready for that, yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Awesome. Uh, I, I know you don't care about the preseason. I know you don't care about Hall of I Fame sure game. Sure as f do not. So that's why I'm going to give you a trivia question on that today. Um, the Hall of Fame game. It's tonight. Steelers and the Cowboys. Um, obviously, the, the way that teams are selected is not like just random. It's obviously Related based on who's going into the Hall yes. of Fame. Um, the Ravens last played there in 2018. It's the only time they played there. The only time they played there. Yep. Correct. They're 1-0. Um, and, you know, Lamar Jackson was, was terrible. It was a whole fun thing to watch against the Bears. But anyway, um, which franchise, which NFL franchise has the most all-time wins in the Hall of Fame game? I mean, you assume it's a blue blood because they they have the most Hall of Famers, so they'd be the most. So I'll say it: the Steelers is not the Steelers. Uh, the Bears is not the Bears. The Packers, no. The Cowboys, no. The Forty ers nope. The Dolphins, nope. Jack, if you want to give a guess it's here, be like a terrible team that I feel like you wouldn't really ask. They're historic. They're a historical team. Yeah. Oh, it's Washington. Washington is the correct answer. They are five and zero oh in uh, in Hall of Fame games. Gotta, it's gotta, real. It's really gotta get them in more. Really often. important. I'm knowledge. surprised they haven't hung a banner for them. <laughs> frankly, <laughs> <laughs> I'm five and zero. Oh. Surprised they haven't put a banner. Five and zero. Oh. It's pretty. It's pretty that. impressive though. 
I mean, you can't. You can never count it. I, I wonder if when they play in it, they're like, "We need to step. We need to play the starters. We got to. Pro- <laughs> we got to protect yeah. the undefeated record. <laughs> it's coming in the on Hall soon. of Fame game. We yeah, well, make sure we get the guys. Well, I don't know when the next. Well, time well is look, when, when Dwayne Haskins goes into the Hall of Fame as a Redskins, yeah. uh, not a Steeler, then yeah, they'll don't they'll have a uh, Hall of Fame game. Uh, I, I think Joe Jacoby maybe could go in as a sure. Veterans Committee guy at some point, but I don't know when the next time they'd be having a. You never know, Ron Rivera maybe. The yeah, guy that goes in the Hall of Fame. I see the Hall of Fame for it. I Probably he's a, he'd have that. to win another yeah ring or two. But yeah, he'd have to. He hasn't won one. Yeah, hasn't won one at all. Right. Um, at one point, Sean Taylor was certainly a guy that was on the trajectory sure. towards yeah. that, and sadly, unfortunately, that was cut short. Um, uh, tragically, it was cut short. Uh, but no, I don't think there's going to be another you know Washington Hall of Famer <laughs> for a very long time. Hey, Terry McLaurin, he's on the right track. He, sure, that's Chase true. Young's I, definitely on Chase the Young's track. on the right track. There's no doubt about that. And again, outside but it's of years from correct, correct. Years, that's years. a very Hopefully long time. And, 15, and they have to continue for right, you know, yes. in order to get there. And as I said, Joe Jacoby could be the answer because you know they could at some point decide to put him in. But short of that, that's about it. All right, very good. That was good trivia. Uh, here's what's coming up tonight. Totally tubular. It's brought to you by Great Eights Memorabilia. Again, the Purple Takeover coming to the Maryland State Fair. Current future and former Baltimore football stars will be a part of it, including Hall of Famer Lenny Moore, the great uh, Ronnie Stanley, Hollywood Brown, Adafe Owe, Big Country Ben Cleveland, and so many more. Ten of them all together. And you can get one ticket that covers pictures and autographs with all ten Baltimore football players, and it's just $350. Again, if, if you say, well, that sounds like a lot of money. Yeah, I get it. But if you understand how this world works, that equals out to 35 per player, and if you understand the way this business operates, that's about $15, $20 less than the low end of what these things typically cost. So that's a serious savings of money, a $350 ticket for all 10 of these Baltimore football players. Find out more and get your tickets by going to great8smemorabilia.com. That's the word great, the number 8, the letter S, memorabilia.com in order to get your tickets for the Purple Takeover at the Maryland State Fair. As Zach mentioned, by the way, I think I deserve credit. I haven't confused Zach and Jack once today. I think yeah, I deserve a little true. bit of uh, of acknowledgement for that. As Zach mentioned, the Hall of Fame game tonight, eight o'clock on Fox, because NBC's got the Olympics, uh, the Steelers, and the Cowboys. If if that's your cup of tea, God bless you. It's just not going to be where I'm going to spend any of my time. Um, there is significant stuff happening with the Olympics tonight. The USA Australia women's beach volleyball gold medal game is at. Uh, this says 9.30. I think I found out that's actually supposed to be 10.30 um, tonight on NBC, but I will double-check on that. Uh, and then the USA-Serbia women's basketball semifinal. That is on TV. That's on NBC at 12.40 a.m. USA-Serbia w- indoor women's volleyball semifinal at 12 a.m. on CNBC. Uh, congratulations to the U.S. women for winning the bronze in soccer. The gold medal match is at 10 on USA between Canada and Sweden, although it might not happen. Apparently, there's quite the controversy. It's bloody effing hot at that point in Tokyo, and so everyone involved has begged the Olympics to move mm-hmm. the match yeah. to a night match, and the Olympics have been like, sorry, nothing we can do. Good luck to you. It's so bizarre. It is just so insane that they're doing that. Uh, uh, I am to understand that Kyle Snyder will be in action, uh, Carroll County's own, as Olympics wrestling continues on the Olympic Channel tonight at 10. Uh, I think Helen Marula, she's wrestling for the bronze. I want to say that's tomorrow. She's the other Maryland native. Uh, golf Channel for round three of the Olympic women's golf tournament at 6.30. By the way, apparently they're like convinced that the weather is going to be so awful that they have just kind of acknowledged it might end up just being a three-round tournament. This might be it uh, for the women's golf tournament. 
Uh, before that, the PGA Barracuda Championship. That's actually going on right now. Oh, no, that was this morning. And then the WGC St. Jude round one at noon started on the Golf Channel. Baseball tonight, Mass and two, Phillies Nationals at four. It's also on MLB Network and the rest of the country. MLB Network for Mets Marlins right now, and then Giants Diamondbacks locally this afternoon. ESPN has Braves Cardinals at 8.15. If you're a wrestling fan, Access TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. WWE Network for NXT UK at 3. Some non-sports highlights. There's not a lot, to be honest with no, you right now. it's the Olympics. Um, There's not a lot. Right. It, yeah, it, not it's a lot it's stealing the show. There's some show called Alone On. On It's going to be on HIST, if you've ever heard of that channel. That it's going to be on at 9.30. the History Channel, I'm guessing? It may be. It may be. I don't is. know. It didn't look like the History Channel logo, so who, who who's to say? But, um, All right. Not well, it's a, supposed <laughs> to be you. You're supposed to not, be the not, not, not a lot of great stuff on, but I think people are still watching Outer Banks on Netflix. They I don't know. Are, are, you, are you into that I've never watched Outer Banks. I've never watched it. Well, I would say that would be something you could watch tonight, too, because that's Seems to be pretty popular. Huh? I watched season one of his. Okay. It's what, okay. What is Outer Banks? Outer Banks is basically a bunch of kids. I know like, everybody talks about There's it. like two groups of kids, like they're really rich and they're but really But it's poor. not a reality show. It's no, a, it's no, no, a, no, no. Is no. it a drama of. Uh, yeah, we can call it that. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if it, it exactly is a drama, but um, it, it's, a, it's like some rich and poor kids running around on the island of the Outer Banks and basically bonding over that. That's the best way I can give it to you. Um, they, You're not selling they, it for they, me they do, they, that well. <laughs> they do a bunch of adventures. They try to find like all this lost treasure and stuff. So you know, if that's your thing, you might like it. But uh, it's it's kind of cringeworthy. The acting is really cringeworthy. So why is it so popular? It's it's just entertaining. Like if if there was something you could just, it's like McDonald's. I mean, it's it's cheap and uh, and easy to get, and people sort of like it. And okay. but it's not all actually right. quality food. All right. I don't know. All right. I don't. I don't understand that at all. But uh, watch, watch alone at nine thirty. Uh, by the way, uh, Brian Powell, yes, it is 10.30 for the Beach Volleyball Gold mm, Medal okay. uh, match tonight. Um, uh, Brian also wants to know, Jack, if you uh, have you ever seen Top Gun? No, I have not seen. No, no, we, we knew that about you. He wants to know Zach's name. Oh, no, no, I haven't seen Top Gun. <laughs> it just looks very uninteresting to me. God, I hate both. Uh, I hate both. Jack, what is, the, what is the reason you haven't seen Top Gun? I'm, I'm curious to know. Um, I'm not a big movie guy, so okay. like, if yeah. I was gonna watch. What does that even mean? You're not like there, it's I'm such not a, a broad I'm not a, category. <laughs> like, it's one thing for somebody to say I'm not a scary. Like, movie I can't person. tell yeah, you. Yeah. This isn't like we actually had this conversation though. So what's right. like, what's like your favorite movie of all time? The Wolf of Wall Street is my favorite movie. Okay, of all time. it's yeah. good. It's a good picture. You know, there's other good pictures that are like Wolf of Wall Street no, I know. that you could enjoy. I don't know. I just like don't. I'm not the biggest fan of just like sitting down for like mm. two two and a half hours and just like staring at my my television for like. The Fair enough. Time. Ever tried to go to a Cinemaplex? I have been to the movies before. Yeah. Yeah, not a, not for you. No, like I'd much rather go to the movies than watch something. I don't from necessarily my house. disagree with that. Like I, I've been. Well, very that's why the movies to, are a thing in the first yes, place. I've been very, I've been <laughs> very mean, happy to go back to the movie. We went. Yeah. We finally saw yeah. Black Widow on Saturday night. I was very happy to be back in a movie yeah. theater. That's uh, that's usually where I mo- spend okay. most of my time watching. Two months movies. ago, I was so desirous to go to a movie theater. I asked my 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 old roommate. I was like, Hey, dude, you want to go to a movie again? He's like, Oh my god, I've been dying to go to a movie. And we had no idea what was showing. We ended up seeing Cruella. <laughs> we had no never, interest. Never in heard it. of it. It's the it's about Cruella Deville. It was the Emma Stone oh, okay. take on Cruella Deville. We had neither one of us had any interest in seeing. It. We just so badly wanted to go to a movie, and that's what was showing. And I, so I we feel were like, like I feel like the IMAX in White Marsh is the ultimate viewing experience. Like for a, if, you're, if you're going to go one. to a movie theater, I feel one. like that's the place to go. It's definitely one. the place to go. We had a moment when we saw Black Widow where, uh, like, ten minutes in, somebody walked over and was like, "You're in our seats," and we're like. The hell we are! It was quite a scene. It was quite a scene inside the movie theater, and we were not. They were in the wrong row. Well, yeah, I took care of that. Yeah, t- t- try to tell me that again. All right, thanks today. Uh, 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 good job. 
Thanks today to uh, Mickey Janis. Thanks to Sasha Sarovsky. Thanks also to Ken Zalis. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the archives. Not bad. Tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, I believe Bo Smolka, Pressbox Ravens beat writer, will join us tomorrow. And I have no idea what else because Kyle's not here. But I'm guessing he would just say, <laughs> say stuffing things anyway because Lord knows it's been a battle. Uh, thanks to all of our great sponsors and partners, including... The U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, K&S Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the BMW Championship, Bradley Nikki Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle. Did a good job booking the show at K. Ottenheimer. Sad, lonely man. Follow him on there. Thanks to Zach. Your Twitter is? It's at OriolesFan68. Yeah. I found on there, Zach Goodman it's is still the confusing. It's still very I, confusing. I know. Well, it, it yeah. could be changed to my name, but I haven't. But the problem is people have association with that now. We, you, you say it. You're, you're a big say, star. Yeah. Now. I have all my and all my 900 followers have association with it. You can't, you can't it, get so. up on that. Look. That's a great point. Yeah. Um, it's why I can't change my cell phone number for my Arizona number. There you too go. many people have it. I'm like, you can't, you can't change your cell number now. There you go. Um, but uh, Zach and of course Paul talking baseball every Saturday yes. morning on the bat around you, uh, you'll be doing that again this Saturday morning 10 to noon same locations facebook.com slash pressboxsports pressboxonline.com slash radio Jack as always uh, good work thank you as well follow us on Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio too have a great Thursday night go USA Duke sucks Ohio State sucks too